So I'm going to uh, bring this meeting to order. We have um, Newton and um, Bob and Jeremy and Steve and Ed and Jill and myself here. And then um, Amanda, do you want to uh, say <laughs> although you're gray and fuzzy? Am I? Oh, I am. Okay. I don't know why. Huh. Okay. Let me. Um, so Amanda via Zoom, I guess I'm the consistent Zoom attendee. <laughs> That's, okay. That's okay. All right. Cool. Christine and is absent. She's going to be late. Okay. She was finishing hosting a soccer team dinner. So um, I'll keep an eye out for her because she wasn't sure whether or not she was coming um, in person or. No, uh, Nikki and Christine are both not here. So, um, no, it's just some people from the public in Georgia. So, okay. So, I thought that, um, let's see, what we could do, why don't we do minutes first? Um, and so, we have the minutes from the water meeting. Um, Newton just gave some typo kind of corrections. Correct. Um, yeah. Nothing substantive. Yeah. Did anybody else have any other changes or anything like that? Okay. Um, well, I appreciate the tag team to get the minutes done just because I didn't want to have anything hanging over our heads to just do. So, all right. So I guess I'll entertain a motion to approve the minutes. Move to approve the minutes. Okay, second. So, second. All right. So. Yes. 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 And Amanda? Yes. I'm a yes too. All right. So um, what I was, so we have a few things we want to get through tonight. Um, it is mainly going over the rest of the Q&A. However, I've decided that it was excessively painful to read it. Um, I was putting myself to sleep. <laughs> and um, and we've added about 10 more pages to it. So um, what I thought we would do, because some of our answers actually say to watch the meeting tonight to get the answer. So I thought maybe we would leave the discussion about that till the end. And maybe it makes sense to go through what we've learned in the few presentations that we get ready to discuss. Does that make sense to people? Do the Q&A after? Okay. So we're gonna to try to be fancy and share a screen. So um, what do we think? Well, maybe we'll have, um, so kind of just looking at the list of what we all kind of have researched over time. Um, maybe we'll do uh, all the kind of the cost things that Steve and um, Ed and Bob and everybody have worked on first, we'll do that. And then I was going to wait to do um, traffic to uh, Christine was able to log in and then we'll go through the rest. Does that sound okay? All right. So I'm going to try to not screw this up. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so if you remember when we met with uh, the Dale Dale uh, municipal ballot group, that is um, in opposition to the, the article uh, of the special town meeting um, regarding the new elementary school. Um, towards the end of that meeting, we, we saw, I actually asked, uh, uh, asked them about their views on 
you know, how do we move forward? What, what are their, you know, what do they see as the options um, studied? And what were the issues that they, they, they had with what was done today? And what did they want to see happen? Um, and so Jerry uh, Potts, he did send us, um, after that meeting, he sent us uh, what he thought were uh, the flawed assumptions uh, in the options that were studied by the SBC and his proposed preferred options that, um, that were not studied. Uh, so, uh, you, have, you know, before we kind of go through this is, I think it's important to understand that um, we're sort of going back in time here. The article doesn't, the article is, is, is a vote on, on what's at ELOP. It's not really what we're gonna, what I'm gonna walk through now, but we did ask, ask the Dale Dale folks to, for this you know, information and they spent a lot of time putting it together, put a video together. Um, he had a Word document and he had email follow-up and, uh, and a video sort of explaining his, his views and, and what options he would propose. So, um, so the, you know, the options that were studied by the SBC, this is, this is just the existing bail site now, I guess you can go to the next one. So this was um, what they call option E1. And this was the new construction option. Uh, as you can see, it left the existing Dale building um, in place, except it did demo like this, the 1962 uh, wing and, and, and the modular over there. Um, and the new construction was, was joined was sort of joined up closer to the memorial school um, and so um you know that's uh it took it took over um so um it took over the you know the baseball field there's a lot of the fields that were there um and um you know students you know stayed at, at the dale street school while all this was going on there was a there was a slight, you know, there was some disruption from that, the cafeteria demolition and some modules were, were sort of, some phasing was set up to deal with that. Um, and then, um, so uh, there was, there was, you know, when you looked at this particular option, sort of the, the downsides where it took over that field, it was a half a million dollars to replace that field. And then there was some phasing costs included, you know, in that, in that, uh, that analysis. So the Dale at Dale um, people, uh, they, you know, they uh, want to do new construction, but with a different setup. So um, when you when you go through all the materials that, that was sent to us in their proposal, they, uh, they, they want to assume um, that Blake, and Wheelock are used for swing space, and that they demolished all of the Dale um, existing building. Um, they pointed to uh, to an MSBA analysis that was done in uh, in 2016 for uh, uh, excess capacity for an existing existing grade levels at Blake and Wheelock as uh, uh, as you know, I guess they're evidence of why there was excess capacity and they could use that space. 
Um, they claim this uses this this proposal uses few fewer modulars. It allows for sharing of the gym and cafeteria, the auditorium. We talked about they're going to demolish Dale. They're going to they're going to move the new construction where Dale is. So where you see that yellow building, it's just sliding down to cover up where Dale is now. That's that's their their proposal. I'm trying to show it with my mouth. Huh? I'm trying to show it with my mouth. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they, they do that because they want to save that half million dollar baseball field that's that's there. So it's the same they're, building. Same building, they're just moving it, they're demolishing Dale and they're moving that building down to cover the Dale uh, building where it is now. And put in that and they, and that opens up that field space, you know. Um, uh, and they and uh, they also claim it, it, that this option reduces overall costs and expedites the timeline for completion of the new school and it reduces disruption. So that that was um, if you go to the next the next one. So this was the ad reno option, and uh, this one is um, you know. Uh, so as you can see, the, the ad part, the yellow part, is uh, takes up a, a big piece of the, what that field is. You so they lose one of the fields. There's two. There are two fields that lose one of them. Um, and uh, the students they stay at Dale during the construction. You know that's the assumption of what was done by the SBC. Uh, this is this is option B one. Okay. Um, and it takes about three years to, to sort of complete everything. There's, there's modules involved, uh, a small amount of modulars, but they're basically, most of the time, you know, we're not working on parts of that Dale building, the students are there. They move into that loop, that top yellow piece gets constructed first. When that's done, they sort of move into that and out of, you know, out of Dale, then more work gets done on Dale, and then they move back, you know, it sort of just takes like three years to, to do it all. Um, now, the Dale at Dale proposal said that, um, again, they're, they're, they're proposing that you use Blake and Wheelock for the swing space, um, and they're, um, and they claim that this expedites the timeline for the timeline in the period of which students are, are in the existing Dale building for the Adirondo. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, so, um, you know, it's the same, you know, same scenario as a new construction, they just vacate the site during new construction and use, you know, use swing space uh, is what they're proposing. Um, so um, they also pointed to, uh, they want to redesign. They didn't like this particular yellow design. Um, they they think that an architect could maybe you know uh, do it differently somehow. I'm, I'm not an architect, so I, I don't know. Um, but uh, they claim they also claim that there was six thousand excess square feet in the um, in this particular option, and. Um, uh, basically, we could talk about that. That basically, my understanding after talking to uh, to um, to Mike Quinlan is that there's not six thousand extra square feet. So there's uh, that uh, extra usable square feet. 
there is, because of the way that existing Dale structure is, it's not efficient when you start to renovate it. So you don't get, like if you took new construction, you could efficiently get really good space and classrooms. There's, there's a problem with the- Not it's got foot for foot Yes, yes. So, right. so they sort of lose some of the, uh, some of the square footage when they renovate. Nineteen forty square feet is not equivalent to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. So that that is that's kind of. Um, Amanda, did you have a question? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, do these three options have essentially the same student capacity, um, which contemplates the anticipated growth that has been put before us? Yes, they're all the options that the new construction and the ad around you see here are based upon the design enrollment of 575 students. Okay. All, all, all the options that were studied at the PSR phase had the 575 design enrollment. They all had the same educational programming. So they all had the same square footage, you know, that, that was needed to to meet the educational program, so. Okay, and then when we talk about shared space and shared resources, Dale with Memorial, is that analogous to Dale and Wheelock just based on age and, and grade differentials? Do we, do we know that? Um, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay, we'll to sorry, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> um, so, so that's just kind of some background on sort of, you know, what, what was done by the SBC, what was studied, what the Dale Dale folks, you know, are kind of, um, what the issues they have with what, what was studied and then what their proposal is. Um, so let me, can I just so, say that yeah. the, um, in the context of the meeting, um, and, and what I see in, you know, Burbage around town is the contention is, is that these are viable options, which if, if explored would have been a better solution than that which was proposed. Because right. what the Wheelock selection compared to a flawed Dale proposal led to the decision for the Wheelock site, and so the uh, the proposal that he uh, to demolish Dale and, and go through which which you're going through uh, is the option that, if developed, will come to a conclusion that is favorable to Wheelock. Right, but it has never it's never been developed. So anyway, well, I, I, so let me let me answer that. Right. Uh, so basically, there in the um, you know before the PSR phase, there was a, a PD called the PDP phase, and where they looked at all the sites in town and they sort of you know looked at um, a lot more options that ended up in the PSR. Some of those options were to demolish the Dale building. Now. They never made it to the next phase, the PSR phase. They were dismissed early. So there was never any cost uh, or design. No, there was no preliminary schematic design done of those options because they were sort of looked at 
and dismissed early in the PDP phase. Okay, does that answer your question? Well, but so what, I, what I'm going to walk you through though is I've tried to put some, you know, some analysis around costs, uh, including the Dale Dale option, so you can compare it all. Okay, right. Uh, but when you just to, it may, and maybe you will, I'm sure you'll probably address this, but when, when we say that the, the, the demolished Dale option was dismissed, okay, it, it, was, in a, it was in a broader context of... Um, According to Mike Quinlan, it was dismissed because there was a desire to retain the Dale building and it was very uh, costly to set up to deal with the modular side of, of Dale. And and disruption of students was also yeah, yeah. a criteria. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean this is a, I'm just trying to say that it wasn't just like let's find a reason not to right, use Dale. Right, I mean there right. was it was it was uh, no there was there, there was and as it evolved as we know um you know the option of the vast pack and wreck although it's not in that purview in a total town consideration is is no it's not an option. So I mean just saying there are there are a yeah. number of criteria. Yeah I think I think when you walk through all this, hopefully at the end you'll understand sort of we're, we're trying to pull it all together Perfect. and sort no, of one you. picture. Just, yeah, I don't so to. that you can kind of see it in one big picture. There's just things that we have to go through to get there. That's all. So um so so the next the next slide is is Oops, I guess that's the title slide. So this is the title slide. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so okay. swing space, swing space. We want to talk about swing space because that's a big, uh, when, you, when you look at what Dale presented and, and sort of their proposal, um, it's, they're heavily, you know, they rely on swing space to make all their proposals work. And so um, what's, you know, uh, if you remember, I, don't, I, mean, if you, I think you were there, Bob. I don't know if any of you other. I was actually at the at the June forum. It was, I think it was before I joined the committee. I actually went to the. Um, yeah. This this question came up on temporary swing space during construction, and the question was: During construction, could the Dale students be temporarily housed at the Wheelock School and the Blake Middle School during the two to three year period that? it would take to replace and renovate the Dale Street building. And so, um, so I, you know, there was an analysis done um, at that time and presented by Dr. Marston to, there was, I don't know, maybe over a hundred people that were either online or present at that meeting. Um, and so, you know, you can go to the, go to the next slide. So, the, so basically um, the school department put this analysis together where they looked at um, the projected enrollment for the 2003-2024 school year based on NESDAQ projections. You know, they, they looked at existing, uh, existing classrooms, or existing enrollment numbers. Um, and uh, you'll see here, this is, this is the Dale Street at the top. Um, and what they need, and then the, the Wheelock School, what's currently at the, at the Wheelock School today. So uh, that's, you know, and if you go to the next slide, this 
takes, this is just the Wheelock school. So it takes the existing second and third graders, says how many classrooms they're occupying. The top yellow circle is the existing classrooms. That actually ties to, uh, to Jerry's 2016 MSBA analysis. There's 28 existing classrooms there. Um, and so grade four, which is the proposal is to move grade four to Wheelock. And grade five would go to Blake. So this is just dealing with Wheelock. So the grade four one is taking, you know, if you move them, you need nine classrooms. Okay. So it's it's kind of just math, the you know, the uh, you take and then the specialty classrooms for grades two to three are eight, right? So uh, that's uh, 28. Right for yeah. the that that, that right. twenty eight that that the second and third graders are using, you need nine more for grade four. That's a total of thirty seven classrooms. So you're you're nine short. So the school is maxed out at twenty eight classrooms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what this analysis yeah. says, right? And so the next next slide kind of does a similar analysis for Blake, where it takes existing six through eight grades, what classrooms are currently occupied, including specialty classrooms, compares that to the grade five requirement. Now, both, on both these schools, I, I forgot to mention there, the nine short on, at Wheelock doesn't include specials for that grade four. Neither does this. This is, um, there's nine short here and there's, it doesn't, as you can see the note, it says it does not include specials. So, um, so you know, I, I came, I'd be honest, I came away a little puzzled, uh, you know, because I actually sat through that meeting. I listened to Dr. Marsden. I went back, I looked at this analysis. I, um, you know, I scratched my head quite honestly to understand why is it that, you know, what, what's wrong with this analysis basically? Is there something missing that I'm, I'm not, getting, because um, there seems to be some disagreement between the Dale Dale folks and um, the SBC. Uh, so, so what, now when I went and listened to the video of what Jerry did, yeah, I listened to it two or three times and I actually wrote down what he said about this analysis. He said, Superintendent Marvin gave a presentation at the public forum. I still don't understand what he was saying because it didn't address anything. We had no opportunity to ask questions or reframe it to the case we were actually making. And then he sort of just dismisses it in his video. Uh, doesn't say why, so I, I, can't, I can't deal with that. I don't know why it's not good enough for, for his purpose. So I said, you know, <clears throat> doing a lot of auditing for over my 40-year career. I said, well, let's see, maybe there's something here that we, because we have this analysis on our website as a public document. So I said, well, maybe there's something here that I'm missing. I said, so, so we went, um, we went um, to go visit Mike LaFrancesca. Ed and I, Ed came with me and we, Asked him about the analysis. We, you know, he took us through it, and uh, you know, and then you know, as I sort of stuck, 
after that, I, I took a step back and I said, well, if I had to do this, this is kind of how I would do it. You know, I don't know. You guys can make up your own judgment about it. But, um, and then we, just in case there was something we were still missing, Ed and I went on a tour. We actually went to all three schools. We went, spent three hours. We saw the basement of Dale. You went to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I went in that basement once. Yeah, yeah. And it was several years ago. I'm just gonna age it. Yeah, no thank you. So we, we you know, we, we went on a tour of, of Dale and then we went to Wheelock and, uh, and we ended up at Blake and we spent time, this was during the school day, we went, we went all over. We looked at boilers, we had a classroom. We, uh, you know, it was very educational for me. You know, I had just been to some of these buildings as a parent years ago. So, but they, anyway, I, I you, Ed, you can talk to yourself, but you know, I, I came away, you know, I mean, there was no space there, at least from my perspective. Every, all the classrooms were full. At all three schools. Yes. Yes, yeah. I mean, the classrooms were full. We walked into classrooms. We walked by classrooms. We looked in them. Um, there was some conference rooms that were sort of empty, um, but that's, I'm just assuming people weren't using them, but uh, I didn't see, you know, space that would accommodate, you know, this type of uh, request. So, um, so anyway, um, you know, that, um, you know, I think that's, um, so, you know, I, so, you know, I, I concluded that in order to do what Jerry wants to do, you need modules. Because I, at least from my perspective, you guys can look at it and decide it for yourself. That I, I think you need modules to, to do what he's suggesting. And, and I think to be fair to Jerry, I think he might have known that mantras would be needed, but I think he maybe thought that there was no need, that he could have used more swim space. I don't know. I don't know what went through his mind because he didn't really say what was wrong with this analysis. But um, so, you know, we, uh, Ed and I, you know, we, we also took a tour around the outside of the school thinking that, well, if modules are going to be needed, kind of where would they go? Um, and um, just to understand, you know, like how would this work? You know, we were there, it was easy to do. So it sounded like maybe they at Wheelock, they'd be put like where the where the new um, the proposal was to put the new school kind of in that field, right, right behind Wheelock. It makes sense that they would go there with space available. It's flat. Blake, there's you know, there's some debate about where they would go because. There's not as much space available over there, um, so so the next the next question was sort of well if we have to use modules what would the cost be and um, you know um, so um, what we did is we we sort of um, it, I went back to Jerry's analysis. He doesn't have any, um, he points out costs that, sh that, he points out costs that he could eliminate with his proposal, but they're costs of, of the other proposals. So they're, they're like the ad rental proposal or the new construction E1 proposal. 
of costs that could be sort of eliminated. Um, they're like the phasing costs um, or the you know the baseball field things like that. So, so I asked um, the school department and the SBC to request from Arrow Street an analysis of what the cost of modules would be. I said, well, may as well see if, if they can do that fairly quickly and easily, right? Mm -hmm. um, how many modules do you need to accommodate the educational program and all that stuff? And so um, that this was what they sent us for a sample layout of um, what a, a what one grade might look like. So you have restrooms up the top, corridors, some you know, spaces for specials. And if you count the classrooms, there's nine classrooms there, right? So uh, there is um, an admin office and nurse space, um, and then all the specials are in there. So it's like 24 modules, you know, when you count it all up. Um, and then um, the, um, you can see that this is just one grade. You need two of these, right? One at Blake and one at Wheelock. Uh, it's just a sample at this point, but I wanted to just get an idea. So, um, and then there would be site costs. This is important, the site costs at each location. So, um, because you have to, you have to, you know, you can't just, Put a module anywhere. There's, there's prep work that has to be done to, to get the site ready, plumbing, you know, you know, water, electricity, all that stuff. Um, and there has to be ramps and stuff. I think we can go to the next one. Um, and then this was the assumptions that they used to come up with their uh, module estimate. So they they came up with. Um, you know, they said the site work is required at each site, paving, grading, utilities, you know, all the water power, telecommunications, fire alarm, nine core classrooms, plus an additional classroom for specials. The, the Dale students could share, they assumed that Dale students could share the Blake, Wheelock cafeteria and gyms, or they would go without for three years. So Amanda, this is, a, I think your question was like, you know, so uh, the assumption is in this cost estimate that they could share it, uh, or if that's not possible, that they would build it up. But there's no, there's no cost in here to rebuild a gym or a cafeteria, okay? And then there's, um, so they came up with 20 to 25 modulars at each location based on that blueprint you just saw, um, and that would be the core classrooms, the admin space, and you know some type of enclosed walkway. Uh, and then um, after construction, it would have to be site work to restore those existing spaces back to the way they were. Um, so this is the, um, the estimate that they came up with. They, they used, um, Triumph, which is, uh, I guess my understanding is it's a, and, I, and we have the, the detail if anyone wants to see it, I can share this with. Uh, You're nodding like me because you used Triumph. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know Triumph, okay. They're the player. Uh, okay. So, well, maybe you can tell us if these numbers are good. Uh, so, uh, so Triumph uh, modular costs 
And then the site work came from Harris Street. And as you can see, um, there's a range here. So, you know, it gets expensive, right? There's, you know, a low range of 5.7 million up to 8.5. Um, so for purposes of my analysis that I did, I used the low end of this range, the 5.7 million. Um, and you could, yeah, I guess we can go to the next one. So, so this, this oh, it's just a title slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so what I'm going to walk you through now, it's a bit detailed, but uh, you have the slides there, I think. Um, but basically, um, what I did is I took each of these options that Dale, that Dale folks had sort of proposed and um, ran them through sort of the same cost model that the PSRs ones used just using similar data points that, that was there. Mm -hmm. um, so you could see, you know, and this, this is the new construction one that we talked about, you know, uh, in the, in the uh, uh, up top there, I'm deducting out, I'm starting with a $48 million new construction cost number that comes from the E1 option, right? I figured, well, if they're just gonna move that building down, that cost should be a good starting point. So I backed out the, um, some of the costs that were in there that Jerry had pointed out weren't, weren't needed under his proposal. Uh, the demolishing of the 62 modular, the abatement uh, for that piece, and then phasing costs. And that's because I add back later, right after that, the full cost of abating uh, and demoing Dale. So that's a, that's a $1.8 million cost. So I'm just backing out what was in that proposal and then adding back uh, the 1.8. Um, and then, you know, the general conditions and overhead, that was that was a number that's already came from the E1 option. Um, and then you add in the modular costs, right? I'm using the low end of that range. And then the, the you know, all the, uh, the percentage add-ons that get that get added to five and the twenty percent, and um, so anyway, you you come up with a uh, eighty million dollar number. Um, now, some of the uh, some of the cost of the demolition of Dale, uh, according to Mike Quinlan, would be eligible for reimbursement. Uh, he provided me with an estimate of three hundred thousand dollars for uh, for the reimbursement. Um, I guess not all asbestos abatement is reimbursable. And so that, you know, that brings it down to a, a project cost of Metro of 62 million. Okay. Um, we'll go to the next slide. So this is the, this is the ad reno option that Dale, Dale, Dale folks talked about. Um, again, a similar analysis, except in the ad reno option, um, you know, we deduct the phasing cost. We also deduct the, there was some temporary modulars in there, a million dollars of temporary modulars. So I take those out, there were 10 of them. And then I added back the, uh, the 5.7 of the, of the, new, the new cost of modulars under their proposal. And, you know, the rest is kind of just math. I didn't change the MSBA number here. Um, it's higher for, for both, you know, for ad reno. So I just left it at the, the higher number. Um, 
And um, that's, so that's, that's sort of my attempt to price out what was proposed by the Dale Dale folks. And then the next slide sort of just compares them all, right? So this basically just, uh, now these are all, these are all PSR type 2020 cost numbers, right? That we're dealing in sort of that time frame. Um, so the orange one is Wheelock. You can see the, you're probably very familiar with these numbers. That's well, these are these are PSR, so they've changed. They've gone up in the final schematic design numbers. But at, at the PSR phase, these were the Wheelock numbers. Uh, for the the Dale site add Reno options. Remember, there were two. There's there's one that the SBC did. That's the first blue one. The second one is the Dale at Dale one. And then the, uh, the, the new construction is, again, there's two of those, the PSR and then the Dale at Dale. Um, so um, I've added into uh, that, there's a couple, there's a few footnotes on the, on the Wheelock site. I've added back the cost of the field to that. Of 951 and the full cost of um and then there's just a footnote noting that there's 2.1 million included in that wheelock line related to the upgrade of the existing wheelock parking lot you know that that's sort of considered something the town has to do anyway regardless of where the school goes okay and so um yeah that that's so this slide kind of you could see, you know, uh, the cheapest option was already looked at by the SBC, uh, option E1, which is new construction, um, option E1, new construction. That's the 50, the, the net to Medfield 54. Um, but obviously at that time, they, they knew that, they knew it was cheaper, but they decided to, still, you know, choose the Wheelock site. Um, so, but the Dale at Dale numbers you could see are, are much higher um, um, by four, four million in, in one case, and then uh, a lot higher in the other case uh, for the, the new construction, because when you add in the modular cost <laughs> and the cost of demoing, you know, that's like a, uh, almost a eight million dollars you know, difference there. Yeah. And 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 see the the fifty four six versus the sixty point three. That's the two point one for the Wheelock parking lot and the nine hundred thousand dollars for the pipe that has to come in from the sewer and the traffic abatement. Those are the five six million dollars that yes to yeah that so that's the yeah that's that's the stuff you've heard about quite right. a bit. Right. The difference in sort of the, the traffic, the water main pipe to, up there, mm -hmm. and then um, and then the field, the, the, the field. field is in there. Right. That's nine hundred fifty-one. So, you know, those are the primary differences. Um, so, what? So that does everybody follow that so far? I mean, so that the the next step was sort of, you know, dealing. Huh? Which slide do you want to go? I'm sorry. No, I guess. We, you can go to the next okay. slide. Sort of talking about, <laughs> you know, sort of park and rec sort of complicates the analysis, right? So, um, 
we said, uh, and Sharon helped me with this uh, on the townwide master plan. These are these are things right out of the master plan that was done um, not not too long ago. Uh, on that everything in the blue circle are just direct snips from volume two of the master plan. Volume two of the master plan. So these are you know it talks about the need for a rec center, uh, how the fast center is inadequate. Uh, it has the priority of capital expenditures of where you would um, want to. Um, you know, it's got the new Dale School, number one, old Dale School reuse, park and rec building, water treatment plant, and state hospital reuse. Those are all, all in there, okay? So, um, <clears throat> so that's what this is. It's, it's really just sort of pulling out what's in the master plan related to sort of park and rec, the whole park and rec uh, item. Um, so the townwide master plan, this is my clarification, in March of 2020, identified construction of the new Dale School and use of the old Dale School. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know that's that's pretty much what that is, uh, and then uh, and the five-year capital plan does have a cost in it for a new park and rec building. Uh, it's so there's a million dollars for feasibility study and fifteen million for building. It's like sixteen million dollars in the five-year capital plan. So this what we did here is we sort of took all the options and we we sort of. Um, we tried to get apples to apples, okay, is, is what we're trying to do on this slide. Um, the, top, the top box there is, you've already seen that from the previous slide, it's the, it's the PSR cost and reimbursement cost of Medfield from all those options that we just showed you. The next one is the existence of, you know, if you remember that there's 2.1 million in the Elm, the Elm campus option, the Wheelock campus. Uh, that's included there for a cost of the town that needs to be dealt with. Uh, you know, we just had a big water meeting yesterday talking about those conditions up there and, and what needs to be done. Um, and then, um, so we, we put that cost across all the options. Okay, we said that's a, that's a if it's in the, the last one, we, we just said, well, let's add it for everybody. Um, and then you come down to the subtotal. The box and the, the next big box is park and rec related building needs. And there's, there, you can see there's black boxes for different options. And that's because if you, um, if the Dale building stays, there's a different, you know, analysis of, of uh, park and rec's potential use of that versus if it gets demolished um, or, if it gets if it's if it's used as a school, right? So there's like if it's used as a school, like in the ad reno options, you see both both those options. We added in the full cost of the 16 million for both the SBC option and the Dale of Dale option. If it's used as a school, we still have this cost to, to do something with park and rec. And that's 16 million. Um, now 
Oh, and that's same for the Dale at Dale option for new construction. They're demolishing that building. So there's still a cost to, to put park and rec someplace, right? So the, the two options that um, don't demolish the building, we, we have put in the full cost that's in um, the capital plan. It's, it's sort of broken down into two pieces. One is uh, what's, what's been deferred uh, from the capital plan through you know, next year. So these are things that the town has sort of put off dealing with Dale. Uh, you know, because they knew we were undergoing this, this, this new uh, elementary school proposal. And so that's $3 million. And then the, uh, the maintenance costs um, for all the other types of repairs is $8 million. So there's, that includes like the roof, the upgrade of the electrical, um, helping out the, 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 the portico. The portico. I mean, it's it's the, basically- The asbestos removal. Like yeah, those are all the great removal. big numbers. It's, it's everything. And yeah. we have that detail, so you need to see it. But it's it's also up on our website. It's on our website. So you can tie these numbers out, you know. So, so that's that's what we did here is sort of looking at, um, you know, if you want to do something with park and rec, apples to apples, you think this is, a, I think this is a good analysis. Um, now, if you don't want to do anything with park and rec, which is possible, then the cost is the demolition cost for Dale, which is $1.9 million, right? So if you say, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to deal with the park and rec, you know, issue of putting park and rec in Dale, well, you still have to do something with that, and then the cost is 1.9 to demolish it. So you could, you know, just take that subtotal and add 1.9 to, to the other options, I guess, if you want to. Uh, but so that's, you know, that's sort of what I did. I, I just, you know, I just tried to do an apples to apples comparison. And I, um, and I wanted to point out, so there's, there's two different numbers in the capital plan because some, depending on where you look in the, um, like the Dale option, if when you go into the big capital plan, it has all of the numbers for everything. And then it adds up to this $11 million line. A lot of people mentioned that it actually costs 18 million. So the difference between the 11 and the 18 is that there's an inflation factor on the bottom that takes the total from a year and puts this inflation factor. So yeah. um, even though this is 11, I know that some people in their heads when they looked at it before said it was 18. It's, that, it's the same thing. There's just an inflation factor based on what you do with it. Um, there is no inflation factor put on the other pieces of the capital plan where this building was. So to get more apples to apples, we just went with, this was the base cost for base all cost, yeah, yeah. and didn't try to put inflation on one and not on the other because. Yeah. yeah. So the next the next slide, this this slide just, if some people ask, well, you know, you're dealing with the PSR numbers, what happened, what's the final WELOC, you know, analysis. And it's not fair to, to, to compare this with the PSR numbers because there's a lot of changes that happened from the PSR. You know, they, they added the geothermal HVAC system. They changed the square footage of the building between PSR and, and schematic design. There's a whole year of 
cost increases from inflation on construction. Uh, they did some they did some deducts through value engineering changes, and then the MSBA rate changed. So, so this is just we just put this here because this is what people are going to vote on, right? So we thought it needed needed to be there. Um, is the deferred maintenance maintenance cost from the capital plan? Did it say how it was funded? So it doesn't say how it's funded. However, anything that has to do with the buildings is supposed to go through the municipal stabilization fund. So yeah. the way that it kind of works from a capital budget perspective is that there is a million dollars put into that plan every single year without an additional override. Because when we started this, I guess it's been since it's two or three years now, there was an override that was agreed to fund it. And it, that stays in place. The only way it goes away is if the selectmen choose to not keep it up. So the way the plan works is that a million dollars goes in and that million dollars can also be raised by proposition two and a half every year. And that's a decision the selectmen made. And so since it's been in existence, it's stated the one million plus the two and a half that they can increase it by. And so um, Amy Collarin and my God Francesca are kind of like the keepers of the municipal stabilization fund spreadsheet when they come to the capital budget meetings. And so the capital budget is kind of split into two pieces. One are things like the vehicles and the things that don't have to do with buildings and that we just created last year, the capital stabilization fund. That doesn't have a specific funding source. Municipal buildings does have this funding source. So this can be covered. It could be covered in that. Years, right? Yeah. Th that, yeah. That's basically, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. and the other, the other thing I forgot to mention is that um, there was this, if you remember from the park and rec meeting, there was this, this, this question about the park and rec move in day one, and what would that cost mm -hmm. be, right? And so uh, I know some of you know the answer to this, but just so everybody knows, so that they check with the uh, they inspector. Check, they check with the building inspector. The inspector. So I actually think, um, Amanda, you actually emailed with the building inspector after the meeting, right? Yes, I did. I did. It will still be considered educational purposes. Right. right. And so because when they had come to the meeting, um, the, the architects that are working on the current feasibility study for Park and Rec had assumed that it would change to a business use. So they have to immediately do things to change that, like immediately change the fire suppression system and a bunch of other things. And so it was going to really juggle some of those pieces into that because inside of this 11 million dollar number is a fire suppression system it's just maybe you're going to have to do some of those sooner rather than later and yeah. and in reality if we go to the backup doc that they actually gave to the permanent building committee before the meeting the number that the architect actually suggested was incredibly low that um tim and mike were like that's kind of crazy there's no way we would do that and so they increased it to the two million and um, had a conversation with them, kind of like, no, these are all the things that we have in capital plan that add up to 11, to get a sense from them if the things that were in the two million that they were stating at that meeting were different or if they were the, yeah. in here already. Yeah. Yeah. And because the use isn't gonna change, the reality is, is that Park and Rec could just move in there today with no change. It's going from use to use. Is that the right thing to do? That's going to be kind of like the town and the capital budget committee. And then everything that comes out of the capital budget committee for how that municipal stabilization fund will be spent is voted on a town meeting every year. So everyone's going to kind of have a say in yeah. 
but you'd have to allocate what you can, right? All of it to parks and rec to to get them in, just to catch up on deferred maintenance. I, I would say we probably stuff. wouldn't. We probably would do it in pieces like we've been doing it because you yeah, don't want like to it. rob Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, the luxury <laughs> of deciding when you do this. Stuff yeah. Right. So, so, I mean, but and the maintenance, the 2024 through 2029 just stay on that schedule. It could, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, there's a couple of really big, expensive things inside of that capital plan. There's like $2.4 million for a roof. For roof. But, like, yes. yes. All of the schools need to move. Like, I think if you add up all the roofs, it's like $15 million or something like that. It's yeah. a really big number. Yeah. And there's lots of different ways that they can pay for the roofs. The schools can go through an MSBA process, you know, yeah. Yeah, can't. And so when those things come up, that's when there's going to be discussions about some items might have to be like a debt service. But the rather than people's taxes going up because of that debt service, the debt service could get paid by the fund. Perfect. And I, I, I neglected to, to mention a, a couple things when I went through this. I wanted to, I just remembered them. Um, so in the in the, the Dale of Dale proposal, they uh, they made some assumptions about how um, that if, if you did their swing space analysis, that you could save time uh, and uh, and it would be you know it would go quicker um, and. And, and when I did my due diligence, I talked to Mike Quinlan. He says that for new construction, it takes at least two years. You can't shortcut new construction. And, and any of the options that, that have been studied, it's at least a two-year period for new construction. And that for the demolition of, of Dale, maybe this is where Jerry thought he could save some time, um, that according to Mike, that's a nine to 12 month process. The demolition alone. The abatement and demolition is nine to 12 months. Uh, and the abatement's, I think, the big piece of that. That's what <clears> takes <throat> the time. Um, depending on the type of asbestos, there's certain procedures and protocols that have to be followed. You probably know them so much better than I do, generally, but um, <laughs> those, you know, like the. <laughs> And you know, Dr. Marston did point out to us a lot of the areas that had asbestos when we went through that building. There's, there's quite a few, you know. Um, so, um, you know, some of them are not to scare anybody, but some, you know, like the four tiles. Like my understanding is that they're not at the risk unless you start to break them up, right? So, mm -hmm. as you demolish, that's that has to be dealt with. Trying to walk lightly over that area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you go see. I'll, I'll, I'll check that. <laughs> so I just Did you want, feel I like just, he took you on Gilligan's Island's three-hour tour? I have. <laughs> in all my years in Hatfield, I haven't been beyond the gym. Oh, that's funny. So when you go beyond the gym, <laughs> and you can believe it was built in 1940. <laughs> yeah. When you run the craft fair There's over like there, all when these your signatures kids are in fourth and grade, the stage and they keep like the craft supplies in the names. basement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then the, yeah. the very last slide. And then oh, sure. Yeah. Because I think there's so one of the questions that has been asked is, okay, so what's the cost to operate Dale? And if we leave Dale, what does that cost, right? And I know this slide's hard to see, but if, if you got a printout of it, it basically. Um, 
And then, so what the school, you know, what the uh, Mike LaFrancesca did is actually part of the PSR submission on page 245 of PSR. There is a, uh, a schedule, evidently they're required to do this I mean, by the MSBA. So you can see in column 2018-19 is the facilities cost of $165,000. That's the, the pre-COVID period. So that, that's a good year to look at. Um, you know, the building was in full operation at that point. And, uh, and then, you know, um, that, those are facility costs, you know. So, um, you know, I think the, the other thing is the question that people ask is uh, what's the, you know, what's the cost for a new building to operate a new building? And that's what they've done in this analysis. So the post, the white part, just to the right of the 1819 column is the post-construction budget, assuming full design enrollment. Okay, so um, this is like, it's operating as, as designed as a school, you know, with all the kids in it, right? So those numbers probably aren't really applicable to day one, right? I mean, you wouldn't, the plan is not to have full enrollment day one. Um, so, it's the actual proposal for Elm Street. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the new building on Elm Street, okay. right? Uh, the Wheelock location. And so you can see like there's costs in here. Uh, they're, they're higher, right? You, you would expect it's a bigger building, there's more space. There's, there's cost in here to maintain systems. Um, you know, the systems are more, they're new, they're more sophisticated. There's maintenance contracts that you need to have in place. Um, and so there's a $200,000 increase in the facility cost. Now that that would be there no matter where the school is built, right? It's it's mm -hmm. it's just the you know if you big any of these options, no matter where you build it, it's gonna cost more, right? So it's two hundred thousand dollars more. Um, and then the the other piece is because it's a bigger building, you require to have another janitor or, or custodian. Mm -hmm. And so there's a there's one additional sixty thousand dollar cost for an additional um, uh, custodian. So those are the those are the pieces of um, you know kind of what uh, all the costs that we tried to pull all together in one place, deal with a bunch of different issues, park and rec, and the different questions that came from Dale and their options. Um, we go back to the, uh, the comparative slide there. Yeah. So you, you can see here, you know, if you try to solve the park and rec problem, the cost is, um, it, you know, it, it, the Dale Dale options are not, you look at the base of mine houses, they're not the cheapest. Um, so, um, and what I took away from this is that what was studied by the SBC were, were the best options. I, mean, I don't know how you could look at this any other way. Um, that there was, you know, so I'm not sure I, um, I, would, I would agree that there's something big that they missed 
You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I think it's a great analysis. Yeah. I think I think one of the comments to make is, uh, you know, we've gone back and forth on what the purpose of these meetings are, right? And they are to do exactly what you did, which is to take the information and the facts and analyze it and try to move from opinion to, to fact. Yeah, I think you've done a great job, frankly. Uh, you know, I, I think each one of us have to reach our conclusion. You all have to decide. Right, what exactly. You think if, of this we, like every voter so, in town, yeah. needs to make that decision. So I think right. that, uh, but this is- You at least have the benefit of my thinking. So. Well, well, <laughs> we have the benefit of your analysis. We have the benefit of your analysis. And I think that was when we started this back in August, that was the purpose of this. It wasn't to have a, to have a town meeting, it wasn't to have a public forum because there are public forums. But the purpose of it was to say, We, when I say the committee, I mean the warrant committee, <laughs> um, has to make a determination on the article. Mm -hmm. And as we found out through, I don't know, I was trying to figure out, we have about 16 meetings, I think. Uh, yeah, we've had a lot. In in terms of going through the facts and, and addressing the question. So this is this if we hadn't done it the way we if we haven't done it the way we do, we are doing it. I don't know how I could have made a decision at the end because there are so many factors out there. So like this analysis, you know, one can argue, you know, this, that, or the other, but I think. The two things that I think you show is one is it's not a simple solution. And the second one is, is that these considerations have been taken into account in the process that we've all been evaluating. Whether you would come to the same conclusion, that's why we vote. And right? everybody can that's why people vote. That. Okay. Um, but I think that from that, from my perspective, uh, it's a it's a great analysis, and one could argue, you know left to right but and i think the, the other piece that you bring on um with the park and rec building is um as a warrant committee member i don't think i have the option to dismiss the park and rec i think it's part of the, what the town is it's in our budget and we have to look at or i think i i in my position have to consider what is the future of park and rec? You know, yeah. One may argue that the school building committee doesn't have the authority. They're not taking authority. They're making a consideration. But I'm telling you, if they hadn't, I would have raised with them. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. So I think it's a very valid. Yeah, I, I think you know, there's a whole process for dealing with that that building, which we all learned, right? At right. The park and rec meeting, and it's going to eventually require another town meeting, and sort of will be a a study group form probably to look at it. And um, but the other thing I, I just want, this is just a, this is just analysis of cost. There's a lot of other considerations right. that, that people care about and they can weigh those the way they want to, you know, the, exactly, you know sure. this is, I just looked at cost here. So, you know, and one thing we haven't talked about is the non-cost issues associated with, with sort of those pictures of modules that we talked about and any potential disruption that would cause that the, those schools, Blake and, and uh, 
Sure. And we have context for that because we yeah. had the meetings with the teachers and we yeah. asked about the disruption yeah. Yeah. to the students of moving fourth graders to one place and fifth graders to another. Right. What What's the impact on the second and third graders when the fourth graders show up? Right. So I integrate. Know, I don't know, but everybody yeah. makes everybody needs to make their own discrimination. I don't yeah. think it's, it's, right. it's a great analysis. And Thank I you think, you know, Sharon's pulled together another analysis on. Yeah, do we want to talk about graphic? Talk about. Still talk about mine. Any more questions on this? I just wanted to echo Bob's thought that um, it was the right approach for the Warren Committee through you, Steve, and uh, Ed and others, Sharon, to take a holistic view of the uh, investment opportunities or decisions facing the town, including park and rec, even though it's not part of the SBC analysis, as you point out. Um, It was. I, it puts to rest questions about what, in, in a sense, it puts to rest, or at least addresses what's going to happen with Dale Street after a new school is built and how does, um, and what if Park and Rec goes into it, um, using the data that we know has been estimated, um, at least as of this date, you cite that yeah, PBCC, whatever their acronym is, <laughs> will um, look at it more in depth. These numbers will get refined. The um, uh, maintenance issues will become into better focus, I suppose, uh, and time frames will be adjusted to all these numbers, but it puts everything on one piece of paper. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And the two I mean, maybe it brings some clarity to them. Yes. That's just a one clarifying question on the operating costs. Yeah. The, the delta you say that is an additional two hundred thousand dollars. Is that inclusive of also keeping the, the existing Dale Street yes. operated? Um, no. Well, so like so, if if Park and Rec was in Dale, currently Dale costs one hundred and sixty thousand dollars to run. Okay. So if we assumed that the Park and Rec went into Dale, that would be at that $160,000 cost okay. would still exist. That would still exist. Right. Okay, so that's $200,000. But no, that's for the- It's, it's, it's incremental on top. So actually, the 200, yes, the 200 is incremental for the school building. For the new building. For the new building. For the, it's, it's incremental to the existing school budget for to operate Dale, the school. Yeah. So, so the okay. fifty ish so the, square the, feet the, of Dale so versus the ninety five. So, so the they, in other words, I'll put it this way: the, the cost for the new building is three hundred sixty. Correct. That's right. So the cost for Dale today as a school is one hundred sixty five. That's but that, that's a two hundred. So but so that's not the cost. Thirty seven thousand square feet. Right. Right. No, no, and, no, and I think I think we heard there they were they had like a hundred thousand. I, I think I remember. The, oh, yeah. for, oh, the, for the, 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 the one that Kevin gagged on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's less. Right, right. there's something. Yeah, it 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 would be less because they're. Oh, go ahead, Amanda. Yeah, I I want to say it was somewhere around like fifty thousand. Um. Maybe a little bit less than that, like when like costs all in, right? You scratch out of the ones that mm. come up with yeah. The okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So will this document be posted on our website for the public to get the benefit of? Or is this I was gonna suggest that. Um and we so we can either talk about that now or we can talk about it after. I actually think that presentation and this one plus the QA are all things that we should talk about putting up on the website. Mm-hmm. But why don't we do this one first and then we'll have that discussion? 
because then we can do motion to do those things. Um, okay, so um, what I have um, kind of worked to put together is it's a combination of traffic mitigation, sidewalks, and busing. Um, basically, everything that you could possibly have to do with how people get to the school and what are the effects on that. So I've tried to wrap that all into um, this. And this a lot of this actually comes from the conversation um, that we have with Dale at Dale and um, Steve Gannam actually had talked a lot about the, the safety in particular, he lives um, on the corner of Cross and Phillips. And um, a lot of what he kind of like asked us to look at was the safety of that area. Um, and wanted to look at that area. And then I had suggested to that we should look at both so we could really compare. So that's the genesis of, of what this was. So um, the kinds of things that, have been questions that this is trying to address is um, what are the traffic mitigation strategies that are proposed, what is actually in that budget and what isn't, because there seems to be some confusion on that, um, at least from the different things that I've been hearing. Um, the next question is, what about the sidewalks um, in Medfield? Um, kind of what's the state of the sidewalks? Um, can the students walk to downtown? Can they walk to school? And what kind of density is there in the surrounding areas of um, both the Dale and the Wheelock area? Um, and can you get to school on a sidewalk? And then the last piece is how much kind of more is the road going to be used? What's the traffic going to be used um, in terms of cars and buses and things like that? So what I did was I, um, I started with, this is um, from the traffic mitigation presentation that the SBC did. And this in the orange block is the current kind of proposal. So they have a budget in the schematic design right now of $300,000. Um, the $300,000 is an allowance to be able to get these things done. Um, if they only did this, my understanding is that it's unlikely they would actually use the whole 300,000. If they did this and decided it wasn't enough and they needed to maybe put a street light in, they're not going to have enough with the 300,000. Um, but there is that, it's a 5% contingency, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a 5% contingency built in for things like this that they could dip into the contingency for that. So um, in the red box are the top six concerns that were from that presentation and kind of what they addressed and what they didn't address. And so the number one concern was that intersection at South and Elm, which is inside of this circle over here. And from what I understand, and this was actually something that I kind of learned a lot from this is that how much of a cut through South to Knollwood to Cross and then to fill up that has become. Um, it's like the little midfield highway, I guess, if you live in Norfolk, if you want to call it that, if you want to get out. Just I'm going to get there. Yes, I live on one of those. I thought I lived on the only one in town. This is educational. I'm not the only one with a highway in front. And I'm not the only one that probably wants to sue their realtor for saying they sold you a house on a quiet country road. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I digress. So, the plan right now um, in this with the $300,000 is three-way stop um, at that intersection. It's already, a, it's already a wide 
street from there to Wheelock. So it's really hard to see, but in that top corner, um, they already have some wide shoulders. So they're not talking about widening the road. They're just talking about repainting it so that it has some turning lanes because there's already some space there. Um, there is new crosswalks um, and there are improvements to the sidewalks to make them accessible at those intersections. So it's not new sidewalks, they are improvements to the accessibility of them. Um, and then there would also be do not enter signs at Knollwood Cross and Stephen, um, which actually that'll be, would be interesting to see how Waze picks that up and stops those people or not. But I don't, be an interesting experiment to see how long it takes ways to realize that. So, yeah, it's for school hours. Yeah, just for the school hours. Right, exactly. Um, so that is the plan. The things that they did not address is from the top six concerns. Number six, the lack of sidewalks on Cross and Phillip. Um, and as I say, there's a town decision that needs to be made on that. And I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and then there's also the historic bridge um, that is just to the east of Elm that was also not in this analysis. There's no intention to do anything about that bridge. And then the number six is about what would happen if all of the times overlapped with the high school and the middle school and here. And there is currently no overlap between the high school and the middle school with this. So um, kind of in my research, um, and this is actually a brand new thing. So this goes back to what um, Jill and Christine were talking about with a survey that was done um, and the analysis literally just came out last uh, Thursday, I think that is, the seventh. And so what this document is, is um, there's now this rapid recovery um, program that exists in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And it was really to help towns figure out how to get um, revitalized from COVID and what are the suggestions that you can do. Um, and so when this kind of landed in my email box, I happened to be riding in a car in traffic for about five hours. So I read it, a lot of it on my phone, um, but I will say it's, um, it's fascinating and it's actually a really impressive um, document. And what it did was it took this survey that was done and it turned it into these real life, uh, what are your real life problems in town? And then what, what is their suggestion to address it? And then what is a best practice, best practice example of how to fix it? Did you a survey that? of businesses, correct? It was, not residents per se? It was a little bit of both. Okay. And so um, I actually had asked um, Sarah who exactly got them and how, cause I was curious. So she actually sent me an email and I'll just, uh, just paraphrase it. But basically, so the business survey was hand delivered downtown um, to the businesses by Sarah. So I think she said she was gonna take a walk. <laughs> and so she went and gave them. Um, so she passed them out on Wednesday, March 17th. Um, in the morning, she said some people were closed. And so she left flyers in their mailboxes. And, um, and she did that for all of the multi-tenant buildings um, on North Street and, and North Meadows Road. And she said she also left a whole bunch of flyers about it in mailboxes. Um, then there was a link posted on the town website. She emailed it to everybody that she had in her contacts and she memo also sent it out to all of their members. 
Um, she had about a hundred copies of the flyer kind of with her at all times to just pass out to people. Um, and she's thinking about a quarter of the downtown business owners actually trying to serve it back in. And then there was a user survey. So that was for more for the community. And so it basically asked the same questions. Um, and so it was put up on a website and I think that they used the same thing on the flyers to get community members to do that and pass it around. And so that was what happened last March. And so this is all done by, um, Barry Dunn was um, one of the main consultants in this. When you go in, it lists a whole bunch of different consultants and they use a different, uh, bunch of different sources. So I think the plan comes up with about five suggestions of what the town should look at doing. Um, and I will say, and it's one of the suggestions, the best practice was actually in Natick um, that had to do with, it, um, it had to do with the roads and I read it and I was like, oh, Jeremy, getting some uh, props from the state of Massachusetts. So, but what I found really interesting is that the sidewalks and the safety in downtown were a recurring thing. And really what it was talking about was once people get to downtown, their first thing was people aren't sure where to go. So there's a suggestion to do all this wayfinding signage so people can get around. There was a lot of comments about people wanting safer crosswalks to being able to get across 109. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it had to do with the actual sidewalks themselves. And there's actually a lot of comments about bringing um, the utilities underground. Mm. And um, so those were their big things. And there was actually also a very interesting reoccurring thing that everybody wants an ice cream parlor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, that's right. So these, these boxes are actually just quotes from that document um, pointing out how much sidewalks had come up in it. Um, and then the other resource that I used was from the master plan. And again, this is volume two, which was issued in March. Um, in particular, uh, chapter five of that really has to do with infra infrastructure and the improvements in the roads. And um, there's a lot of interesting data in there in particular about the roads and uh, the safety of certain intersections. And it's got accident counts. It's got a ton of information. Um, I happen to have one intersection on one side of me and one intersection on the other side of me. I'm not surprised about that either. Um, and so inside of that, there was this statement about the school buses um, and the fact that at the time anyway that this was done, they were being parked up, or I guess they still are, they're up at the state hospital um, and that they need to find a solution for that. Um, but in, in this middle statement here, it says um, that there really needs to be more accessible safe walking routes to school. And a lot of this has to do with sidewalks. And then it does say, many parents mentioned that sidewalks um, really to make the, it more accessible and safe. Um, they also would like a late bus. Uh, I think that's always a topic. Um, and then there was also some notes about the infrastructure improvements that are needed. Uh, again, wanting to put a sidewalk plan in place. And so that's kind of where I'm gonna go next because Mo Goulet has started to try to work on that sidewalk plan. Um, and then the last note is just that 
and Sarah mentioned this actually at the water meeting is that it's just, it's important to note that whatever plan moves forward, the planning board is gonna to need to be involved with that. They're going to have a separate engineer review this. And so it's going to get a peer review done. And the peer review not only is gonna look at traffic, it's gonna look at the stormwater that we talked about the other night. And it's also gonna look at things like landscaping and lighting. I mean, it looks at everything. In this rapid recovery, is it, is it anticipated that the state is going to be refunding some of these? Or? Well, so um, the plan is actually really interesting. They actually tell you what grants are available and how to apply for them, which is why I found it such, it's like a, about a 125-page document. And I think it gives you maybe the top five or six ideas mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And so it says, here's an idea. Here's an example of a town that does it really well. And it gives pictures and exactly how they did it. And by the way, here's the list of the grants that are available, and here's the application. Based it's really well Basically, yeah, it's very well done. Yeah. It looks like they have caught on to it. I mean, it's they really like if you don't. Is that way how Westwood's repaved the whole county? Yeah, and they're, and they're putting yeah. the sidewalks all over the place. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really yeah, a yeah, handbook. To, this yeah. is how yeah. you can do it, and this is how you can get the money. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's also really important as a town because with like the new infrastructure bill that just came in, there's a lot of money that's going to be coming and from the federal, the state, mm -hmm. and like if right. we kind of highlight where our issues were, we you know and like have the proper plan in place, we could be, you know, we should apply for some of these grants right. to get state. Who would be responsible funding. for applying that? Would it be Maurice? I think it's going to be. I think it, honestly, it's probably a combination of Sarah and Maurice and them all sitting down and looking at all these things and deciding which ones they want to go for yeah. um, because there's a whole table in there about all of the different money that is available from the federal government from the state and everything and which ones apply to which yeah. um so technically i think that it's written so well ed that you could just do that do we have anyone i actually think sarah does a lot of it um, we could ask Christina and Nick if they were here, but and they probably pay for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. we don't yeah. have yeah. that. Hire someone. I definitely know we don't have that, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so the sidewalk. So um, the master plan had suggested we get a sidewalk plan. So. This is um, the current draft that Mo is working on. And um, what they have done is they've gone around town, they've drawn in where all the sidewalks are and they've coded them green, yellow, and red. So if it's a green sidewalk, it's totally handicap accessible, it's in good condition. If it is um, yellow, it's kind of mezza mezza. Some parts are okay, some parts aren't. Red is there's a sidewalk there, but I hope you don't. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yes. Uh, um, it probably doesn't have curbing. It's not handicap accessible. It's probably falling apart. Probably breaking up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it's probably a little bit more. It's just road level. Right. Ride your bike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So um, travel at your own risk. Mm -hmm. And so it, he's working on this, and it actually um, came up recently in. Uh, the, one of the last couple of budget meetings because they had put it, he had entered in a number for a request this year for sidewalks, but it was a really small amount of money. Um, and it was really just to bring up the conversation. So when we eventually get to budgets, we'll talk more about sidewalks, but 
just to get some perspective um, on the left here, the con a concrete sidewalk that's four to five feet wide with granite curbing. This is actually a picture of Metacomet Street. Um, that's the most recent new sidewalk that was put in. Um, that is currently pricing through um, the contractor that the town uses between 325,000 to 375,000 per mile. The sidewalk on the right side is an example of what exists um, at a portion on Main Street. Um, and that's an asphalt sidewalk, four to five feet wide with asphalt curbing. Uh, that is cheaper to do, 150 to $200,000 per mile. Um, and those costs assume that a contractor is doing the entire thing. Um, I had talked to Mo a little bit about like, you know, what exactly did Metacom Street cost? And he goes, well, Metacom Street was cheaper because he had his guys do it. And what? He had the DPW guys did most of the work. So there is, I mean, clearly there's there's opportunity cost loss to that because they're not doing something else. Yeah. But we also didn't have to pay the contractor to do it. Um, and so the point of this is that sidewalks are not cheap by any stretch of the imagination and the town needs to come up with a plan. Um, I will say in the last capital budget meeting or um, I think it was that, I think, you were there, Jimmy. Yeah. I think Mike Marcucci had said something about like, you know, maybe we need a sidewalk stabilization fund. And I was like, oh, <laughs> talk to the hand, you know? <laughs> but the whole point is that you have to have a plan. They're really expensive. Um, one of the biggest ones that gets talked about and is in those um, documents that I just talked about is North Street. And so, you know, a lot of people say you drive through Westwood, the sidewalks are beautiful. Everybody put the utilities underground. Well, they've been getting quotes for us to be able to do that. And the quotes range anywhere from a million and a half to over $2 million to do that. Because it's not just putting the sidewalk in, it's moving the utility pole. It's doing the whole thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's not cheap. Um, there, there are grants that they're seeing if we can get. So, I mean, I don't think that this is gonna come up immediately. I mean, this, it's a lot of money. How does Mo prioritize like what sidewalk is going to get done first? Is he, is he kind of have does he have a list of like the ones that are most traveled on and should be top priority or I, I or do think just... that that's part of, of how he does it. And so like I actually had asked him that and he had actually given me he has a priority list for his pavement plan. So um so, you know, full disclosure, I live on the corner of West and Harding and my road just got down. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But um, I'll be honest, I kind of wish you left it crappy because then not everybody would want to use it as a tire. We can go faster now. Uh, yeah, you know, and um, act like you, there's, right. And so the number one priority was uh, West. And I'm like, really? Okay. So it is, and it's, it's nice. Um, but that costs a lot of money. So like we had started putting in this pavement program in the capital budget last year. And so his pavement program actually has different prices for the different streets in the priority order. Mm -hmm. So like this year it was um, the portion of West that's basically West Mill to Harding. Next year, his priority is the other side of West. And then I think the year after that, and I feel like the next one maybe has to do with North Meadows Road. I have to look at it, but um, he actually, uh, so I, I do have that document because it's this living, breathing thing. 
um, for him. Um, and so I think that a lot of that has to do with the usage of the roads and, and the density, um, which actually a lot of those numbers are inside of that master plan because they have counts done at different times for roads um, that are highly used. So before we get into the sidewalks, I wanted to explain, um, I refer on the next slide to these things called safety streets. And so safety streets in Medfield are something that is kind of decided on by its joint between the police department and the school department. And these are the streets that they have de designated as the quote unquote, I guess, most unsafe streets in town. Um, and it's because you know, some of these have sidewalks, some of these don't. It really has to do with probably like the amount of traffic on them. And so what it says um, is streets and then some of them, either all of the street or just a portion of the street. And then because the school is using this, if you live on one of the streets where it's X'd off that it says RHS, it's a right-hand side pickup. So if you live on West Street, your child has to get on directly in front of your house. They cannot even cross to get to the bus. Oh, because it's not safe on the other it's side. It's not safe to even get across. Or so, cross. right. And um, you know, I'll just use myself as an example. I live on the turn, so it's like a blind turn. So these things could be because there's a blind turn and nobody would be able to see you. It could be because it's um, highly traveled. It could be because it's narrow. There's a variety of reasons as to why they would have chosen that. So there's right-hand side pickups. Um, and then there is stop at every house. So if you have to stop at every house on the street, the kids are at least allowed to walk across the street. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are certain streets that only the minibus and the half bus are allowed to go down. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with, um, as an example, so um, on Elm 36 plus and on Phillips Street, Foundry to Elm and on Frary, it always has to be the minibus. And um, it's interesting because my kids way over on West rode the minibus all the years. It was, it's this bus that drives. It only fits about 12 kids. It picks up kids that live in like crazy off places that you have to go over these little bridges. Mm -hmm. You either have to go under. So I think that part of the issue on Prairie is that there's that overpass that's low. So it needs to go through the minibus. It looks like the bus that came from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, because it's not. So I got a question. What's a, what's a half bus? It's a little bit bigger, yeah, I think, than the mini bus. Right. Okay. They, they do no, look different. Like, literally, the mini bus looks like somebody, like, like no, it looks like somebody took a bus and shrunk it. Like, it really looks like Honey, I Shrunk bus. the Kids. It looks like a tiny mini bus. The half bus. Um, this looks a little bit different. I should have got the pictures for you. So um, then there is two roads that um, are not traveled. No buses can go on them at all. So if you lived on that street, you're basically walking your kid to the closest street, I think, to be able to get on. So the only two that are like that. So Cottage Street, the hill between Adams and Prairie, that's the hill that I think is right by Basil's. Yes. Oh, yeah. As you see on my next analysis, there's actually a Current child in I mean, elementary you, school. You that just look at that. this, and it's you know it makes it makes sense, right? It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this um, this has been in existence for a long time. I 
the question the date in the corner that July 14th. And so that is the last time that the police department felt the need to add another street to the list. And so they just use this upstairs to be able to do that. So with that in mind, um, so this is a zoomed in version of Mo's map. And my red circles there are the um, kind of the areas that in theory you should be able to walk to the school, but there are sidewalk, no sidewalks there to be able to help you. So here, if you can see, there's a, um, this is this is the current Wheelock school, which is right here. And so across from there, you've got some green sidewalks and you can actually, if you can see, they actually have sidewalks on both sides of the street because yeah. he's actually put the sidewalks either on one or the other. So on Elm, this sidewalk's only on one side but up when you get up to Grace Drive and um, that whole neighborhood has them on both sides of the street. Mm -hmm. South only has them on one and then even outside of the circle, but you can see like on Homestead, they've got a sidewalk on both sides, but one side is bad and one side it's nuts and nuts. <laughs> um, so what I have put on here are a couple of things. Um, so when we talk about the safety streets in this area, so inside of this area, um, there are um, three safety streets inside of this red block that do not have any sidewalks at all. So Phillip is a safety street, it has no sidewalks. Um, what I also was able cross, to do, well. um, yes, but cross is not a safety street, was it? I don't think it, it should. Is. I think it well, was. It? Um, Did I miss that? Maybe it's not. It's but not Elm, actually Elm, listed as a safety street. Have, like the, the other part. Right. Like the so, mm -hmm. yeah, cross is actually not a safety street. It doesn't have a sidewalk, but these are just the safety streets. And so the numbers that are actually next to it is that I was able to get from, um, the school department, the amount of families that live on these streets. And so these are elementary school families. So there are five families that live on Phillip Street um, that do not have a sidewalk. Um, and Phillip Street is a safety street from Foundry to Elm. And the minibus can only go down that street. Um, Foundry Street itself is also a safety street. There are currently no elementary school families on that street. Um, and then Elm Street, Number 36 and above is a safety street. Um, I'm gonna assume that that's where the sidewalk ends <laughs> and that the minibus is there. So there's one family there. Um, there yeah. are- And that's what I mean, these, these lots are very big. They're lots. big, yeah. So those there's little gray, the little gray dots are people's yeah, homes. It's yeah, it's, it's not very congested as compared to even, well, cause if you look on the, on the left side over on Spring Street, like you can tell it's just, a, it's more congested. Yeah. You can see that um, neighborhood between Curve and, and Spring, it's more congested than over here. Yeah. Um, there is one safety street that has a partial sidewalk um, and that's Spring Street, because you can see that, and this is um, Route 27. There's a section that does not have a sidewalk. Um, and then South Street is actually also a safety street. Um, and there are, 32 students live on that, um, but they do have a sidewalk. Is Curve Street a safety street? It no. is not. Um, and so the next part of this, which is on the bottom, is um, 
we looked at there's been a lot of housing units that have gone up in the last 10 years as we all know we they put in the plan in order to be able to deal with all the affordable housing there's been a lot of housing music units added to town and so what i did was i said okay within a mile and a half of wheelock um how many housing units have been added and it would you be able to get there on a sidewalk so within a mile and a half of the wheelock area there's um only 16 units of housing that have been put in and you can get to wheelock on a sidewalk those units are actually on north street um just past the center of town if you're coming from they're right yeah. behind us yeah where we are so that that's where those are um and then i noted here the commuting thoroughfare issue where Norfolk residents are, as we were saying, they're coming up South Millwood Cross, fill up and getting out to 109 by levels. And so, and then the last thing is that they're inside of the master plan, it lists um, the most problematic intersections in town. The one that is inside of this picture here um, that's on that list is the famous South and 27. Mm -hmm. And we could debate for days as to whether or not there should be a traffic light there. Yeah, um, they studied that a while ago. They did, yeah, they, they studied it and then it got voted down at town meeting. Yeah, so, so that's Wheelock. Um, now the Dale and Memorial area did the same thing. Um, so in the Dale and Memorial area, up in the left is where really the majority of the sidewalks um, don't exist. So the sidewalk on Adam Street ends at Memorial and the sidewalk on North Street in order to get to that area ends at Wheelwright. Um, and on the other side of the street, it ends at Winter. So West Adams, West Mill, Harding, that entire area, there are no sidewalks at all. And so the, um, the safety streets that are in this area is, um, is West Street. Um, there are 21 families there. Most of that is actually on the other side of 27 because um, That's the park, park. park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. probably about 80% of that 21 is from that bus stop, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other safety street is Adams Street, but it's only the section of Adams Street that goes between West and West Mill. So it's this connector here. Um, there's currently five families that live there. Over here on Bridge Street, um, there's five families that live there. Now, Cottage Street between Adams and Frary, um, that is this, there's a tiny piece of cottage um, that is, as I said, that's the hill that goes down next to Basil's. There's no sidewalk on that. Um, and there's one family that lives there. Um, up Harding Street, that's a safety street. There is, um, 16 there and then Pine, Pine Street 67 plus is um, there's and that's house number 67 higher there's 13 families that live there um, and all of those streets don't have any sidewalks. Mm -hmm. um, the safety streets that have some partial sidewalks is Frary that the minibus has to go on so you Frary actually has one of the streets in town that has all three colors. <laughs> it's, it's got a corner that's red, a piece that's green that's in front of Basil's. Um, there's yellow at the intersection, and then there's pieces that doesn't have sidewalk. 
And if the Pine Street, you're not including the streets off of Pine. No, just because uh, Pine is the one that is the right, safety street. There's a lot of there's a lot of cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. And this 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 analysis mm -hmm. does not include the new developments that are going at the Legion and I, well, I actually included them in so I do include them in the numbers. So there are there are no safety streets that don't have any sidewalks. Um, every safety street. Um, so it's 164 units. 164 units assumes the legion is finished. That is correct. How many units there? 80. Hold on, I can tell you. 54. And does it also include the corner of 27? It does. So um, so the, the housing units that are included in this in the last 10 years are the park. Um, country estates on Hospital Road, but those are actually not included in this because they're more than a mile and a half. Because, yeah. but that's just one that went up. Um, Sixty-seven North and seventy-one North. Um, those actually appear on both because those are the ones that are within both. Um, then there's a Hillside uh, Village at eighty North Meadows that is not in the Wheelock number, only in the Dale number. That's over he here, like this corner here, that's where the hillside village is. Then Medfield Meadows, which isn't finished yet, is inside this number. Mm -hmm. And the it's gonna be called the Aura at Medfield, the one over at the Legion. So I didn't, those units are included in here, but they are not um, finished yet. But all, all of those units are non-age restricted. The, um, the two, Places that we have that are senior restricted are much older than ten years. It's uh, Tilden Village and and the village at Medfield are the only two that are senior restricted. The other ones don't have restriction. The ones up at Hospital Road aren't restricted. They are not. No, no. they're con yeah. no, There's forty nine units up there, and they are non age restricted. Yeah. Sunset Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> I will never live on Sunset Avenue. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so then the thoroughfare for those that, that ever want to come and hang out in my house in the morning is everybody coming up um, from Millis and Medway. They get off at 109 at Dover Road. They go straight here. They go across West, west yeah. past yeah. my house, and then they go up yeah. north. Because they're going up to Needham. Yeah. Yeah, they're going north to Needham and up to 1.8 or whatever. There are a lot going on Pine Street. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of people going up Pine too. Yeah, that's, what a windy road. that's, a that's a bit dicey. For everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's definitely dicey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And so on the list of uh, intersections with issues in town um, on in the master plan is the 27 and West. Light, um, the people can't see when it's too sunny out. And then there is this whole intersection that has to do with coming off of West down Harding and then going up. It's like the double forks. Oh, yeah. Because you've got the people coming up yeah. from town and going out. It's um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And it's talking to Mo that that one is actually his, that's his hot button. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the one it's um, West Harding and North because it's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. It's very confusing as to where you're supposed to stop and where you're supposed yeah. to go. So, um, so then um, they apparently um, track the children and how they go home. 
<laughs> so um, I guess before I get into this, so really kind of like my takeaway from the whole sidewalk thing is, is that we, we have a huge problem with sidewalks kind of no matter where you live in town. And being able to get to any school in town is not a safe gamble for anyone. I mean, I live 0.4 miles from Memorial and jail and we never let our kids walk because it's, it's too unsafe. So um, that's just um, the way it is. And I think it's a bigger problem. And I think that that's one of the big reasons why they didn't put it, sidewalks in this. They're, they're too expensive and it's it's an issue. Um, so I remember, do, you, do we need to pay for the buses or is that all part of? Because there is not a bus fee, is that what you mean? There you right. go. <laughs> you don't have to pay they're separately. For not separate fee. There's We're no bus fee. We're one of the yeah. few communities in the state. Charge for, mm -hmm. I remember that was discussed at one point, right? Whether to charge. Yeah. I think it's a hot button discussion all the time. Every year, yeah. Every, yeah. year every year we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this says to me, bus ride is on the 10 13. This is by day, huh? This is by day. So, so this is 47 out of 381. 91% of the kids mm -hmm. are on the bus. Yes. So and this is 91%. It's huge. Yeah. And so this is on um, Dale. So, yeah, what. Um, when I was speaking to Michael Francesca about it, he said townwide, it's like 82% of the kids are on the buses. Townwide, but 91%. But the, this is just <laughs> yeah. down street. So you town one, two, high school? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. That's, that's why. why. <laughs> they're dry, you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they're all dry. Yeah, they're all dry. Oh, dry they're all back to 90 plus. Mm -hmm. the high school, I'm sure. Yeah, yes. Townwide, it's 82%. That's a pickups. high, high number. So, um, so this has got for you at Dale Street, they were the kids on the bus, um, pickups at the end of the day, how many kids were going to map. They they put their walkers and bikers together as one number. And then that's the total of kids. Um, you can tell that Friday, October 8th was before a long weekend. There was more kids absent than any other day. <laughs> but interesting, most of them were, would normally have gone to map, it looks like. But, um, and then it just, because um, I put the weather in there, because it does clearly make a difference, you're not necessarily going to walk if it rains, but I thought it was interesting because the amount of kids that walked and biked on Monday when it was raining is the same amount of kids that when it was 72 and sunny on Thursday. So maybe rain doesn't matter to a kid. I, it would have mattered to me. Um, and so then at Wheelock, um, I did not uh, connect with them today to find out what's happened this week. So this is last week. And so similar situation, vast majority of the kids are on the bus. Um, the pickups are around in the forties. Um, then they have more kids going to map, uh, which I suppose makes sense. They're younger. Yeah. They do actually count the difference between walkers and bikers. So in total on Monday, the fourth, they had eight walkers and bikers, but they were split uh, between the two. Um, and again, it was the Friday before holiday, so more absences on Friday. Um, okay. I mean, you wouldn't expect kids in second, third grade. That's actually, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, a, and I've asked the question um, right. because, so my husband's an elementary PE teacher and he teaches K to five. And at his school, you're only allowed to ride your bike um, once you're 
after third grade and after you have passed um, a test to get a license from him to ride your bike to school. Yeah. Oh, really? So they do a bike safety unit and they hold a bike rodeo and the kids have to, they come to school with their bikes and he has an obstacle course set up and the kids have to pass it and then they actually get a license. And then from that point on, they are allowed to ride their bike to school. So um, it actually, I think, makes a lot of sense that you've got less here because you've got second graders. Yeah. Um, they, they probably aren't. And, you know, probably these kids that are riding their bike are a few third graders that their parents feel like that it's okay to do that. So um, are those neighborhood schools? In Needham is neighborhood schools. He actually works at the Sumita Williams one that everybody in town knows about that. Yeah. Yeah, the big one on the left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this last slide is about the enrollment. So a lot of the questions are, so the enrollment is quote unquote gonna double. The one thing that we have to kind of take in mind is that people have siblings. And so when you are looking at the enrollment and but you want to be able to understand how many more cars or are going to be traveling there you really need to look at it from a family perspective so this is the enrollment as of september 28th and so as of that date you can see that um at memorial is taking in three grades because it's got the pre k k and one mm -hmm. inside their numbers so there's only 400 families out of the enrollment of 437 um, at Wheelock, there's 20 less families than enrollment, and at Dale, it's about uh, almost 30. And so you can slice and dice this as many ways as you kind of want. The, the box in the middle is really just saying, so if you're a family and you your only child uh, or your only children go to Memorial, you're inside that 201. So those first three lines are people that only have um, children at one school and then the other ones are combinations so if you have a memorial in a dale or if you've got the trifecta and you've got one at all three uh there's twice this the is just elementary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. just elementary right so if we wanted to just take the argument point in time that you were going to combine wheelock and dale together today um if they, if you did not consider will um sibling overlap there would be 742 kids on that campus, but when you, and the very bottom line. And so, but if you take into account the fact that they're siblings, there's actually 113 less families. So I kind of think about it that way. So, and, and granted, no, we already have seen that not as many people are coming to pick up or, yeah, I think that's so. Uh, so 629 at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, most of those kids are on the bus. The, but yeah, right, right, right. No, right. It just has to do with yeah. family. So, like, yeah. I mean, honestly, probably the only time you're going to get to 629 was if somebody was kind of bad enough in their scheduling to schedule a pin night for all four grades at the same time, which anybody that would did that should probably yeah, not. Yeah. Have a chump. <laughs> 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 you wouldn't be able to do that. Um, so, and then as we have stated before, um, there is currently no plan to add another bus route. So, yes, you're going to have these 
you know, if this happened today, there would be 742 kids over there rather than 398, but there wouldn't be any more buses because all of the elementary kids bus together. They all bus together. Anyway. They all bus together. Um, there is no plan to add any more buses um, or extra bus routes. Wait, so the buses right now, do they pick up the kids and make one stop to Dale and then one stop to Wheelock? So it's like and Memorial, they all yeah, bus together. Right. Really? Mm -hmm. So a, a few huh. years ago, they changed it because like when my kids were there, yeah, Wheelock sure started 45 minutes later. Yeah, like it used kids. to only be Memorial and Dale that would bus together and then Wheelock was the second run. Right. Um, they wanted to try to condense things together to be able to allow teachers across schools to try to have some planning time. I think there was a lot of hope that when you condensed down to one bus run, that there would be a decent amount of cost savings to the town. There was not. There's the bus companies like, you have these buses for four hours, so we don't care if we had to do two runs or, or one. Um, so they put them all together. And another reason for that was like, they were finding that the Wheelock loop by itself, when the buses were dropping off at Wheelock, it was, a very small amount of it's on. Right. And so there was room to fit them all on the buses. What's the difference in start times? Like, it's only like, do you know, it's, it's like it's like 10, 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Start times? Oh, for the three schools. Because I know my daughter has a brutal time. Because I know that like, town. <laughs> like they added, they added a, a morning recess period in order to try to line things up. So, but they're close enough that they are all picking up and dropping off at the same yeah. time together. So, which so is, the, the sibling overlap at 629 would, would be families total at that campus, which is the increase from what's there today at 378. That's like correct. That? Yeah. You, so if you wanted to know the difference from today, you'd go 629 to 378. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then if you did, so it was like 250. Yeah. And then 90% of that. 90% of that's in on the bus. Yeah. Yes. The way so I the 91 is on percent is on the bus. And 90 percent my logic. Because the way I look at this is I think Jeff said there's 74 teachers and admin, the whole Dale mm -hmm. population of teachers and admin. Mm -hmm. The 74 of them. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna obviously would have to go to home And they're gonna be there before the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's 392 kids, 392 kids, 90% are on the bus. Mm -hmm. So that leaves 10%, about 39 kids. Yeah. A few of those are going to walk, mm -hmm. call it 30. Mm -hmm. so all 30 of those get driven. You've got 74 plus 30, you've got 104 extra cats. Right? That's right. right. So you've got That's, 23 additional families. Going to that, right. technically. Yeah. 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 That and that's, that's so that's not, that's, I mean, yeah. when you think of 104 cars over that, over an hour's time frame or 45 minutes, because 70 something are going to arrive earlier and the rest are going to uh, come in right before school begins. That to me, I don't know, I'm missing something. That's not much given the traffic that comes down those streets, anyways. I mean, that's that's consistent with what the traffic study had in it, like the numbers that you, yeah, those are consistent. They did a similar, you know, kind of, yeah. Analysis. The only thing that I mean, you, I know there, you, you live I mean, there, I mean, I see every morning. Mm -hmm. The only thing that gets you there is the additional families leaving after drop off, and it backs up from what do you mean leaving after? So they drop their kids off. Oh, okay, you've got that nine percent, 
Yep. So you're, they're all doing it about the same time. So you've got that elm to south stop sign that does that's that up. Up. But it's yeah. like, it, they must wait maybe 10 minutes to get out. Like, it's not. Yeah, Like if you were adding those additional. Yeah. But you're lessening traffic, right, with the mitigation. That's yeah. coming, that's opposite, but it still would be less time that through that way. But the traffic report had around like it, those it same had, numbers. It has like the, you know, I think it was around 100 additional cars. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. To, from the teachers and like the, yeah, that's right. So they had the numbers right. on where many yeah. people drive and all that. So that was in there. You know, just as an aside, I, I especially how, how little I had to do, I actually went down to, <laughs> I actually went to uh, the Wheelock site and, uh, for the afternoon pickup, yeah. and I watched to see how many cars came by to pick up their kids mm -hmm. in that big, you know, that they all wait in that big circle. <clears throat> and I would say there was about between 20 and 25 at the peak, but then once all the kids got in, it was probably like five minutes. And then, yeah, then it's like a flurry of activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, yeah. You told me that story and then I got obsessed yesterday and I went to Dale and Wheelock and I counted bikes. <laughs> well, I did. Well, it's actually it was before I had actually gotten the numbers because I I I asked whether or not they did that. I mean, I had I had talked to talked to Mike and he had given me the percentage of the buses and everything. And I was like, he was actually really counting bikes. And then I was like, do you count some cars? <laughs> What's it going to take to go count some bikes? And um, it was funny. And then I got these, I got these numbers um, late yesterday and today, and it was the same amount of bikes that I counted. So count the wheel to bike by two, right? Well, you know, it's harder when they cross each other, and then you're trying to, yeah, and you're trying to stay in your car and not look like the creepy lady that just pulled up. Yeah, you guys are going to get picked up for that. But I, did, I had my husband's car, not my car, so not everybody knew it was me. Oh, that weird Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's, I'll also note that I think that based on their like bike count, um, some of the some of the bikers go to map. So <laughs> not everybody was going home. Um, so that was it. These are all this my story stuff. Yeah, these are because so because you think that like two, you know, two more grade, you're adding like double, like that, you know what I mean yeah. in your mind. You right. That. But then when you break it down, it, it's not as bad as, you know, it's not as bad as it's not double. It's not double. It's not double. Right. It's not double. Right. I mean, if I think that what's what you really have to kind of keep in mind is that it would have been double if it was the pandemic and the buses weren't running. You know, like, oh. so I think, you know, what happened last year, yeah. the granted, yeah. the, not every kid was going every day, yeah. but it's like, you know, if every bus on the planet, you know, disappeared, well, you know, here's how the people will carpool, but, yeah. but, like, the, but the reality is, is that these kids are on the bus. Yeah. Even, yeah. even to say, um, because you know everybody's perspective of what's significant is going to be is going to vary. Yeah. But I think from my point of view, it it indicates that it's manageable, right? So I mean, it's not it's not a number that's like overwhelming. It's, oh, what are we going to do? It's you know that if you live on Elm Street or if you live on one of these side streets or one of these cut throughs or what have you, 
it's the, it's going to be a big deal to you, but and, and not to diminish that. But the fact is, is that there are ways to help mitigate this, whether it's starting times mm -hmm. in schools and different things like that. That you know, over the course of with the resources, it, yeah. it's a manageable problem. You know, not going to be all. It's not going to resolve everything. But, yeah. What I do when I permit projects that have like a big traffic impact, um, because like you know it's you see all these reports, but then that's all you are skeptical too. You're like, can I really believe these numbers? And are the mitigation is the mitigation really going to work? Is that you know when they go through the permitting process, the planning board can put a condition in like the site plan decision and say. 12 months or after stabilization, maybe like a full year, we'll look at the mitigation and see how if the assumptions from the traffic report are true and if the mitigation works. And if it doesn't, then we'll go back and reassess and figure out like another plan so that at least the people have that have real concerns, those people that live on Elm Street can feel comfort that, all right, we'll give it a year, you know, the building will stabilize and 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 then we'll see, is it as bad? Are the assumptions made in the tracker report true or are they worse? And if they're worse, then then the town can go back and reassess and then figure out other mitigation. And I think that's and actually, actually in the in the in the in the in the open meeting on the June 13th, Chief said exactly that. That's that, good. That that we will we will we'll assess it. We're gonna put it in what we put in place. We will assess it over that period yeah. of time and we can firm. adjust. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, so she said exactly what you just pointed out. Yeah. Because it is, you know, for you know, you can see just like you said, Bob, like the people that live that live on entry, they'll have that direct impact, you know, and and it it I'm sure they're not happy with it. So then, you know, we're putting these mitigate or you know, the FBC is putting the mitigations in place and Let's see if it works, and then and then if it doesn't, at least they they'll you know they can then voice their opinion, and new mitigation measures will can be implemented. Yeah, one of the points that was made by the school building committee is that the drop off the site at Wheelock allows for off street yes uh, drop off. So it's it, it's you know you'll most there's a significant amount of turn. traffic. If you're talking about twenty five cars. I think that's the that, that is accommodated in the oh, more than that. I mean that that, that only went like half halfway to the yeah. yeah there's that big loop and it is only like maybe a third or half you know, right that tells you what it's got and so it's off of Elm Street then because then you, they come back and mm -hmm. yeah. diminish it. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Nice work. Yeah. Um all right. See, we're already past my nine o'clock, but I didn't want to. I know, yeah, we were busy. Yeah, you and was Father of the Bride and all of that. Um, so, I guess the question is: Is there is there anything else from? I mean, I feel like both of those presentations kind of pull in a lot of the different things that we had talked about i mean obviously water was one we haven't talked about yet but we just did that big presentation like is there anything else that people looked into or wanted to kind of highlight again or the only question i was going to ask do you guys did you happen to capture the square footage that would be used in jail by person mark 
that square footage. It was like 20. Yeah, I thought okay. 24. Yeah, 24. It's like three times the current it's space. It's definitely more than one thing. Yes. Yeah, they said yeah, three times the current space, so like, which is 8,000 to 24,000. It's the, the cafeteria, you know, the 62 piece, and right. then the gym, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. So the older feasibility that was done by Parks and Rec, I went back to look at mm -hmm. the Parks and Rec. I know Amanda had it drop. Um, yeah, or something else. Yeah. So she's she can't back me up at the moment. But <laughs> when I was looking at their overall plan and what they're looking to accomplish in the proposed building mm -hmm. that they were looking at modeling that from, and it had costs included in there. And I think their plan was like 13 million, mm -hmm. which didn't include acquisition mm -hmm. land or anything mm -hmm. like that either. Mm -hmm. So um, but to expand into their program where the opportunities were, which we heard from them directly was like the adults, um, community ed stuff, mm -hmm. things for the older students, try to capture more of the Dale and, and middle school and high school kids. Um, I went through and added up all of the space that was proposed in there and that was in the pricing, but their number was at 39,500 square feet. So that was what they proposed in the feasibility study. Yes, yeah. So that's why I was curious about, okay, what does Dale get them? and afford them for expansion and program based right. on the yeah. performance they put together for revenue. Yeah. Um, so they said they're going to go from 8,500 to 19,400. And then they, then you had to add the gym. That's what you get. The gym is 24. And it doesn't use up the whole building. So I think that because yeah. what they were saying was that they would put them in that space first. Day one. Day one and either mothball the rest or maybe somebody else wants to use the rest of right. it, or like whether or not youth outreach goes there or yeah, whether I mean, there's or available space more than that the majority of the space from the feasibility study was gym space yeah. right parks and rec though so yeah 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 probably doing something but yeah I, I mean they want to do all sorts of programming you know right. for adults and I don't know what it sounds like he's got all these crazy. They've got ideas. a lot of ideas. Yeah. 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 They, they just don't have the ability to do yeah that. so this yeah. I mean certainly you know, a huge improvement in space. I mean, some my understanding is some of that initial plan they wanted to do like an indoor track, and I mean, it was the, kind of, the, the initial plan had elaborate. um, that was like, like four kicks, an additional yeah, eight million. To do okay. so, oh, yeah, it was, okay. it was so a much bigger, it was a 30 million, was, right? Okay, okay, and okay. yeah, well, the, the other thing that I don't think is you know, because the sites that they talk about in there is either Dale if it's available or if on Hospital Hill, mm -hmm. but. What you have to remember about the hospital hillside is that there are no utilities there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you have all that infrastructure. You know, and so the side that they're talking about is the top of the sledding hill. Mm -hmm. Is there's literally no utilities there? So Plus the infrastructure the entry was really big. Yeah, and I think one of my main yeah, yeah, that's pretty important for that. Yeah, because yeah, they they, they, they walk the kids there. Yeah. Every day, um, plus yeah, high school kids that are yeah. employed, they're getting there yeah. somehow. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So your point is that sixteen million was for thirty how many square feet? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. And it was 13, <clears throat> $13 million and not twenty. I think it was twenty seventeen that was going. Right. So it's going to be more expensive. Yeah. So what was the sixteen million? I think the 16 million was an average of a couple of things. So it was like they had the 13 million one. And then I think that they had, because there was two different feasibility studies that mm -hmm. was done. There was the first one that Park and Rec just did on their own. And then there was the and one they had which, $18 million. It was an $18 million building in something. And there was a $13 million building in one. And so to be honest, I'm not they sure who exactly decided. But yeah, they basically put something in the middle. Yeah. But it is in the schedule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, um, okay. I know that you, did you want to like, or no? Yeah. You think you're good? Okay. Um, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I know. I kind of. I kind of hijacked your town plan into that's okay. But you know, you no, did receive questions, you know, just through the one email for town planning. But the town plan, I mean, I go back to this, it supported the new school, mm -hmm. you know, a new school. So, yeah, and yeah. it supports the um, you know, the path center, you know, the park and rent. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. feel like it's being accomplished. Yeah. yeah that, that that little window you had there with the list of the six items or mm -hmm. it was pretty. You know, the school, the bath, mm -hmm. the hospital. Just... Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they're they're good. They're very um full of information, all those stuff. So it's been an educational process <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. So um Yes, I, I do want to go over that. Um uh, the latest one I didn't print it up, but I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, here. I, mean, I think they could be good. Yeah, exactly right. So let me let me try to do this again. So this is a um, this is an attempt to take what Tim Bonifati said about what the process is and put it into a slide. I will tell you, this is a very frustrating PowerPoint slide. <laughs> because I won't get into it. But so um, what we've kind of gone back and forth on this is trying to get an understanding of what exactly is going to happen over the next few weeks in the future of that. So um, do you want to try to explain it? I think you want me to try to explain it. Well, start with a green. <laughs> if it if it passes, that's pretty easy. It's yes on both votes, both votes being the town meeting and the ballot. Um, then the school, you know, the process begins and it's finished in 2024. And then uh, you start to look at the potential Dale reuse, and that's a whole separate uh, discussion. So that's a that's a yes on both notes. Now, if you have a no, and I'll go to the red, the top of the red pyramid there, no on both votes or just one. And the footnote that I have that we just added up there is um, obviously you need two thirds vote at the town meeting mm -hmm. and 50, greater than 50% at the uh, ballot. At the ballot. Maybe you should put 50.1. I thought about that. 50.1. It could be 50.001. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. 50 plus one. How's yeah. that? Yeah. 50% yeah. plus one. <laughs> yeah. So this Pretty is where it got confusing yeah. because it's two thirds plus one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So now you have all these permutations that happen if one fails and one the other passes, et cetera. So if you go to the left-hand one, the, the town decides to re-vote on substantially the same project within 120 days, all right? So if you get a, a yes or a no on one of those two votes, and then you go down and you say, okay, if it's a yes vote, then you go back and you can proceed with the schools. If mm -hmm. it's a no vote, no on the re-vote, then the town decides what it, what it wants to do. Uh, to either pursue a new school or what have you, or those two things. But let's go back up to the other point. If on the second level down, the town decides not to revote on substantially the same project at the same site within 120 days, you go right down and you say, town decides if it wants to still pursue a new school. And then you have that process. You either go through the MSBA process 
oh, you just do, the town does it by itself. You go through the MSA, MSBA process, of course, you get state reimbursement. If you don't, you do it yourself and you pay for it all yourself. So you give up the 19 million. Uh, next statement on if you're going to do that, if you're going to go the MSBA process and try to do this project at Dale or some other place, uh, you have a new statement of interest. And the next submittal date is April 22. And then you proceed from there. And then you wait to be approved and you don't know what's going to happen. But when you think about it, if you started in April and it takes as long as this timeline has taken in the past, it'd be about four years before you're at the point where we are right now, before you decide where am I going to put the school? And then you have the construction after that. So you're looking at seven years, mm -hmm. seven years out mm -hmm. with the cost increases and the interest rates and all that. So if the town votes, you know, you know, the other route, the town does it by itself, obviously it's going to cost more. Um, we have to start that feasibility study again, eventually a new project. Uh, and the feasibility is going to be one to two years, design and construction uh, phase is three years. And the timeline out here is just to let everyone know this is this is that's the our process. current timeline. That's the that's the process that you have to go through. And it's several years before the school will be built again. Yeah. And that timeline is actually on the um, it's on the SBC website under timeline. <laughs> and it was simple. Yeah. That's great. So from 17 to 24. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good. Put in the email, so. yeah. I hadn't used PowerPoint a long time and I became an expert again well, in the last yeah. like week. Well, I was starting to do this thing with bullets and then I saw what you did and I said, oh, yes, much better. <laughs> 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 <And> bullets. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, that's like a seven year timeline. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's yeah. a long time. I mean, even if you got in. Yeah, that's only if you got in, right? That's so it's like in. we started when back in 2008. We had three submittals. Yeah, so yeah. when was the first one? 2008. Well, right? we're, well, one was, well, one was 12. 12, so 12, 12, 12, 16, and 17. 12, 16. 12. Yeah, I think 12 is what I. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 12. 12 yeah, so 16, and 17. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's just. So the best case scenario is you get in two years after yeah. you submit your right. statement of interest. Well, let's let's just play devil's after. Let's say that we hit the lottery and that we, and then we get back in. That, that, that right in December of 2022, mm -hmm. we get back in. Yeah. It's still it's still take you six years. It's take you five years out. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the cost of inflation, interest yeah. rates. Compound by just compounding five percent over you know six years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you evaluating? You know, you know that, that's the thing is you probably if if it was the process worked the same way it did, you'd probably come down to the same two locations, Wheelock and Dale. And you'd be at, you'd be back at some groundhog day. Seriously, you'd probably get and you know, unless something else came up in the, you'd still be at these two potential yeah. sites, mm -hmm. the same discussion, and we'd have the same debates all over again. Uh, well, yeah, I think in the course of the conversations and of the meetings that we've been, been conducted, it's not just about Dale or Wheeler. Mm -hmm. There are other issues that would that don't go away with a no vote, whether it's the cost, whether I don't want to pay any more taxes. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of valid concepts that people will have, not to vote, that will that will carry over to a 
bank. Mm -hmm. like we bank you know? So if it, it's not just, well, if it's this, it's going to be that, to your point. Yeah. Well, we were talking the other day, and I said, it's really only two things that everybody agrees with. We need a new school, and we don't want to pay for it. <laughs> that's fair. That's really right. good. You know, that's, so let's meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Um, cool. All right. So, um, to kind of go back to your suggestion before, um, I think it's a good idea to put this slide and the two presentations up on the website. Um, the as for the Q and A, um, I think you had mentioned last time it probably makes sense to put the Q and A up. I mean, what do people think sure. about that? I mean, the Q and A is it's already happened. it's already out there. It's already attached to our um, yeah meeting materials. Yeah, yeah, right. So we can. Well, um, I think I think it's a great tool. I think it's a great you know reference for yeah, the yeah. warrant warrant hearing or otherwise, but. It's a good summary of all the work that has been put in. Mm -hmm. so I'd, I'd certainly get favor for nothing else. Okay. Um, and then there was one other doc that um, I updated that I'm going to have uh, refreshed, and I honestly can't remember if I sent it to you guys. I I went through when um, when Steve was working on this, I kind of reconciled the the jail maintenance plan to. The original 2017 document um, against what Jeff and Mike had presented and found a couple of discrepancies. So Mike LaFresh Cheska and I had kind of made those changes, and they were um three of them were actually new things that had gotten added to the list since 2017 because they had to replace, I think, the curtain there were and they replaced the gutters. So there's a few new things that were on there. There's actually a couple things that dropped off when I looked at it, I go, well, why isn't, there was like a $50,000 um, electrical engineering study that wasn't on Mike's list anymore. And he said, he goes, well, actually that ended up getting done in the feasibility study. So they were able to take it off the plan because it was part of the study that they did when they were gonna do that run um, option. So there's just a couple of changes. Um, and I basically added a note as to, so if somebody was trying to look at the 2017 document that we have up and looking at this and trying to figure out the differences. So I just added a list basically of the four or five things that changed. So um, I would like to swap out the document that's up on the website that Mike and Jeff brought to that and put the updated one that shows yeah, the two right. changes. Yeah, I, I probably don't need to be said, but I just want to make sure I say it, that um, you know, a lot of this work reflects best efforts to address people's concerns, right? Mm -hmm. We're not, they're not, we're not making judgments on, um, and, you know, it's, it's trying to be as attentive we can to all the people in town who are, and who are asking the questions, right? So, but I also want to say that from my perspective, it reflects all of us. Mm -hmm. It's the warrant committee's response, you know, not just the author, it's not just one person's opinion. Because right. we, we did go through it, we have had a chance to read it. So I think it's important that we reflect in a way we are as committee. Some, some people say, well, I agree. Who are you saying? I mean, if people are okay with it, I 
I'd like to probably entertain a motion to accept that we're all okay with the Q and A before we put it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. We're yeah. Doing that. Um, so do we just vote? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's actually vote. Okay, I'll entertain a motion in order to accept the Q and A as our our so answers. Okay. Is there a second? Second. second. Okay. So Newt. yes, 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 yes. Let me yes, and Amanda had pop off. So eight vote. Um, okay, and then we should probably vote to put the other documents that we talked put up on the website just because we've been doing that. So we might as well do that. So I think it'll also, I guess it'll be an entertaining motion basically to put up the documents that we went through tonight. So it'll be the three PowerPoint presentations and then the swap out of the um, the jail reviews. Yes, that, That's one. So that was one of my three. So Second. <laughs> um, okay, and so. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the one other thing I wanted to talk about really quickly before we head out is um, about the next couple of meetings. So um, I had a discussion, um, days are pushing together uh, yesterday with um, Christine and Scott, and we talked a little bit about the warrant hearing that will be on the 26th. Um, um, okay. Yeah, I'm getting better at this. Okay, so for the warrant hearing, um, so as I had mentioned before, Scott is going to come, and so I confirmed with that. And um, so Scott is actually going to be presenting to the selectmen next Tuesday what the plan will be for town meeting, and so he will review that again on the 26th. So anybody that wants to know the decisions that he's made, it will be on next um, Tuesday. He's still refining a lot of those things. And I think he still is having meetings with people up through uh, Monday. So that will be talked about at the second meeting on Tuesday. Um, he and I talked a little bit about, um, I feel like people need to know who we are a little bit um, because I feel like a lot of people have watched us and, um, you know, people, I think Scott generally likes to pick people that are kind of a cross section of different people in town. So he actually suggested that he would introduce us at the warrant hearing and just talk a little bit about why he picks um, people in general for the warrant committee. And so just kind of talk about that thought process he goes to, goes through. Um, and that saves all of us from having to bother to introduce ourselves. <laughs> um, so I think he's going to talk about that more in general. Um, Did he agree to moderate our meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know if he's going to run back out the door or what. So, um, so this next is kind of, I would love your guys' thoughts on how to make it uh, work. And so as we started to talk about last week, um, I don't think we should be taking questions. Um, I feel like the time for questions has kind of passed. Um, I'm 99% sure the SBC is doing their final form two nights later. So I think that we should just, anybody that comes up with a question, we should toss them That's the right to point. that meeting. That's the right point. For that? Uh, yeah, is that going to, yes. All right, so they're gonna remake it. Um, and we'll, we'll be present. Oh, that's just, the, oh. I mean, if, if we're tossing the questions out, for, for a couple of days, you're going to let them answer the question. I'm going to let the SBC yeah. answer okay. the question. Yeah. Well, you're going to you're going to set 
you, I'm going to say up front the table that, by saying no you questions. can comment, but it's not a question. Right. We that, like this is right? people's opportunity, opportunity to give us their opinions and their thoughts about what is the most important thing to them, not to ask us questions because I feel like we we're kind of past that because look, I mean, yeah, we, we have we have a 75 page question. Q and yeah. A. People have had an opportunity can. to ask their questions. Um. And we've got to acknowledge to a diet, people are going to still ask a question. They will, but so it's fine. maybe we'll just say, refer to the, right, the document. Or, right, we can say we've, we've published a QA, right. and the, if you, if you still have a lingering question, there is a public forum on Thursday. All right. I, I think that that is going to be I think that's just our answer. We could probably put it up on the slide that's behind us. <laughs> As a reminder, as a reminder. <laughs> I mean, it's more an opportunity for them to be heard about what they right. what they want people to know and mm -hmm. you know, maybe how they're going to vote or how they you know yeah. what their thoughts processes yeah with with time with time limits. well that that's my next thing so I actually I kind of have a priority order and a time limit so I don't know what you guys think about that I mean because the there are certain folks in town that had were part of a constituent group that we had those first five conversations with. Right. So we've already heard from some people, um, and they had a, a lot of time with us. You know, our meetings have ranged anywhere between an hour and a half to two and a half hours. And so anybody that came to one of those, we've already heard probably the vast majority of what they want to say. And so I feel like this is an opportunity for people that didn't have an opportunity yet. So I think I would like to invite people that did not come to one of those to talk first. And then after all of those people are done, then the people that were at one before can talk. Um, I'm not really sure about the time limit. I, I guess what I kind of landed on here and I'd love your guys opinion because I have a hard time gauging how long it takes. Um, I was thinking that if no longer than three minutes, but at two minutes, like I raised my hand or something like that so that they know they've got one minute left, mm -hmm. like some kind of like a two minute warning and then they mm -hmm. can wrap up their thought and then it's three minutes. Mm -hmm. We also stagger maybe like those people that haven't had an opportunity yet to say anything, depending on volume, but maybe give them a little more time than the second here that I've already spoken with two minutes. That, I'm fine with that too. I mean, that's good. Yeah, that is good. Idea. Like maybe those people get five minutes or something the like that. Is how, how are we going to police we, the, um, the people who have come before us? We have to have like, a, I mean, there's been a lot of people who wouldn't think about it who have come before us. And I'm not sure I remember them all. I think I do. Do you remember? Okay, <laughs> good. Right. As long as you know. I, I think I've rewatched all of the videos like, like all two or three times. You, have all their, you know all the teachers and their names. I think so. Well, well, we have to rely on a bit of their honesty. I think yeah, there's gonna be a little bit of honesty. I mean, I did for the for the teacher one. I did go back through there and I paused it, and every single teacher's name was in there. Oh, it's minutes. in our minutes. That's right. They were all in the minutes, and um, and I think it's I think we captured everybody in all of the minutes. Okay. So we have those lists. So we can just grab those from the minutes and have a list in front of us, yeah. and we're like, mm, let me yeah, see if we've seen you before. Maybe, yeah. maybe you should clarify. By saying anyone whose name is in our minutes. Right. Yeah, there you go. That's a that's easy way to do it. That's right. That's 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 that's
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm totally cool with somebody who hasn't talked before having more. I think it's yeah. I, think it's, yeah. I like that. Idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we can gauge a little bit about how many people show well, that's up. That's not right. Decide that. We can be flexible. Yeah, the, there have been times that there was a time this spring when we were doing that. We did a warrant meeting and we had um, what we were doing. It was, it was that one that we did about the citizens' petition. And I told everybody they had 10 minutes to do a presentation. But I love people saying, I'm not going to cut you off. Yeah, but but it's like you to have a guide. Keep it concise. You know? and, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Um, and then I guess the question is uh, so then, if once every single person in this room has been allowed to talk, we want people to talk a second time or just say you get one shot. Right, but I think that I think it's, a, it's not an opportunity. Is it an opportunity to repeat what they've already told us, or is it to actually yeah. it should be something? New. It should it be should something be new. new. I mean, yeah. that's again one of the guidelines. You want to get new so, input that it's not. It's kind of like Scott has said before at a town meeting. Like when it get once it's gone on for a while, he's like, if you have a new opinion, right? Like, he doesn't let like people talk about the same thing yes. over, over and over again. Uh, yeah, yeah. You should, and you can again. and you yeah. can be in a position, I think, or one of us, you know, to say. That's in the like we do here. Yeah, we discuss that's that on the already. web page. Yeah, that's we in the document. It. And yeah. I don't, I don't think we should be afraid to do that. And I also do want to say something at the beginning about proper behavior, like mm -hmm. talking under people's breath and saying things when somebody else is talking is just quite frankly rude, you know. And I think that you sit quietly until it's your turn. Um, and I, I'm I'm not below. Uh, this is going to be the public safety building. I'm not below having somebody removed if it gets out of hand. I don't think I'd like to think nobody's going to do that, but who knows? Where's it going to be? It's actually going to be in the public safety building in the training room. So here's how hundred people. It's the first floor. It's the first floor. The first floor. Is that where we met with Dale? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I think there's a conflict yeah. over at the high school, okay. but yeah. um, is so, this going to be totally in person or hybrid? If if there's a member of the public that wanted to speak, I think if people hybrid. want, I think if people want to speak, that they're hybrid. I think that that's okay. We're just getting them to allow to talk button. Yeah, I'm okay with so that. Sure sure can control the minutes, so well, right, yeah, you can control the minutes and toss them back in. <laughs> yes, you can mute them. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I guess I kind of envision that it's hybrid, and then we just kind of manage that. I mean, it will. It'll make the time management more important because we're going to get more people. We're going to get more people. But <laughs> we may want to make like a game time decision um, and see how that goes. Um, yeah. So that's more hearing. Anybody else have anything else about that one? All right. So. Um, can you circulate that to us if you haven't already done that? Um, yes, absolutely, I can do that. Um, and so, so the vote meeting, it's kind of funny because it's like, I, on one hand, we haven't really deliberated a lot. Like we've been only talking about facts and unless we've talked about our opinions yet. <laughs> so I feel like this is the meeting if people want to talk about their opinions, they can. I mean, I, it feels like, it feels kind of silly to just walk in, make a motion and vote. I feel like we need to have a discussion of some kind. Um, 
I think at one point, you know, I was kind of envisioning that we kind of like go around and everybody talks, but I mean, say what you want to say. Like, well, yeah. You know, like that's it, on the second. That's on the second. Right. I, I think that that's really, that's the first opportunity we're going to have to talk about our opinions. I, I like the idea of everybody expressing their opinion. Their opinion. In, and I think, in, you know, in a Five minutes. Seven well, minutes. I mean, just to, well, there's, there's just, nine of us. Which you can have dialogue. I mean, that's right. 45 minutes. Five well, I was going to say, there's nine of us. If everybody talks for 10 minutes, we're here for an hour and a half. I know, but nobody, I don't think, is going to do that. Um, but I do think that we all should, you know, be able to have our time to say either what was important to you, what shaped your opinion, yeah. whatever you want, feel like you want to talk about. But, um, and then we'll just, when we feel like we're done, we'll just vote. But how about if you, if you did something along that line? What, what was it? What was Yeah, like those, are, those are my you suggestions. Know, what was important to you? Yeah. How did it shape your opinion? I mean, yeah. five minutes, and then you get 45 minutes. Yeah. And then you have a discussion for 30 minutes, and then you vote, and you get an hour and a half. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with structure, because I think it helps us all. And I think it's important from the public perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if people disagree or agree, that's we should be out there in the open. We've done everything else in the open. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I have a warrant article, kind of a minor point, but we'll have the article. <laughs> in theory, we'll have yeah. an article. Yeah. I yeah. haven't well, seen it yet. Yeah. Every time I ask, I say I'm working on that. I'm not We're really voting sure. Voting in advance so... of getting the, the language. <laughs> you have reserved voting in other warrants. I haven't seen the actual language. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll make sure we have that. Yeah. Well, they will because they will call the town meeting by then, obviously. So, thanks, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming. you do, Tim. <laughs> and so, um, well, yeah. there's also a review of the warrant, right? The warrant committee's analysis. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And because we're going to TBD. Yeah. Well, I mean, Right. I mean, we have to do a report and we may have to do two reports. You know, it's kind of like it's one of those things that clearly you end up with a majority report. And then by rule, if three of us um, voted against it, you have to have a minority report. Um, I remember like. I think you're also allowed to get. But you're. There's some discretion. If one there's person. discretion. And, you know. I, I was the one that a couple of years at a special town meeting was really annoyed that we were having a special town meeting and I voted no on principle on every single one and I wanted to do a minority report and my past story made me go down to the floor to give it because we didn't really give it stable and I did. And yep. small chair for you. Yes. And but I but in I this it, this is covered in the bylaws. It is so in the bylaws it says that if we have three, we have to. But then it if it's that. under three. It is optional. Yeah. And um, there's discretion involved there. And so um, I guess my opinion is, is even if there's only one or two of us, I think we should have it. Sure. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think it's, we've done a lot of work and I don't think that we should say if only one or two of us right. feel differently yeah. than. It's not unanimous. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that. Yeah. 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 So it would actually be uh, codified with the um, majority opinion? 
So there would be two different roles. So I feel like it's been a while since yeah, we've had a majority and minority report. Um, blue table. Hmm? Blue table. Oh yeah, the blue tables. We have had a few. I know. So actually, this this right. get this gets into the the town meeting thing. So um, when I was talking to Scott and Christine, like the way that it normally happens is when we do the reports, like we write the report, and then someone sits in their chair and they read it, and um, then the minority report, they were just in their chair and they read it and they go on. I think we're still going to do that. Mm -hmm. But what Scott is offering up, if we so chose to have a slide up behind us, if we thought that it would be good to have a graphic projected since we might be paying a whole bunch of money to a AV consultant to make sure this thing works and all of the different things that if you want to use the technology that's there, yeah. if, if it makes sense in the report to have a slide that has the bullet points or whatever that has to do with what, whatever we would want it to be, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. basically, it's not the presentation. It is, except for we wouldn't actually get up and give a presentation. I think it's like kind of like a one slide for graphic. So, limited to one slide. Just like you I haven't asked that question. That's what it felt like. The boxes and the arrows and the things and the, you know, I think there's been so, so much work done. That I think we have to tell the town. As I said before, most of the people in town still really haven't followed this at all. They, they don't know whether they think a lot of people still think we're voting Gail and we lie. A lot of people have paid no attention to what has been done here. And I think that you know, there should be some type of more than maybe just a slide as you know, our thoughts. Mm -hmm. process and maybe we as we as we talk on the second about well i think what, that's going to be the second the second of half of our meeting on the second is going to be how are we going to do this who's going to talk and what are we, who's going to write it you know like we're going to have five days to get that done um depending on on that so that's right, going to be I kind of part visual, two a, a visual or visuals that support right. the report. this is how and we can yeah, this conclusion process. yeah our yeah. process yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because actually, now that you say that, Scott had also mentioned that he thought it would be good for us to go through what our process has been. Right. And I think, um, and so we went back and forth a little bit about, and I had said, well, because at a typical town meeting, we would have a, like a welcome warrant thing that we would say. I don't, I don't think that <coughs> they think that would happen at the special town meeting. I guess it doesn't typically happen at the special town meeting. So I think he was trying to decide whether or not we do that there or whether or not we say something at the warrant hearing in the beginning about our process. And there's and nothing, there's nothing going out in the mail, like that's debatable that's because I I think there is at least some selectmen that would like something to go out in that. It's very tight though, because I mean they're would gonna we, call uh, it to be asked yeah. to put anything in writing on that. Well, no, because we want to vote it yet. I'd like to see what the mail that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously, we could, yeah. that could be in the hometown weekly. It would, I mean, no yeah. matter what people thought, whether they're far or yeah. where it is, if they see this, they'll say, "Well, this is the consequence of my yeah. vote." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have toyed with the idea, which I suppose we could do because we have a week off, whether or not it. And not necessarily a letter to the editor thing, but just maybe just something about the process and this is the hearing or whatever, like something just straight up process. We you could do that and then you could 
put something like that if, if we wanted to. I don't know. I mean, I actually had gotten approached by um, Medfield TV to do one of their updates on what we're doing. And um, I'll admit, I didn't respond. I asked Christine about it and she was like, I'm not sure, let me think about it. And then we both never did anything about it because it, it's, it's weird because it's like on one hand, our committee is just supposed to be impartially doing all these things. So we're not necessarily supposed to be doing PR for one thing or the other. And I think she didn't want it to be seen that way. But on the flip side, I feel like we've gone through a huge process that is not something normally this committee does. And I feel like there's an awareness that needs to happen for that. Well, so, the, okay. the objective was to inform people. Right. And and with the with the end result that people would vote. Yeah. So it's on not, the facts. Right, on the facts. Right. Yeah. To give them information mm -hmm. and get them to your observation engage yeah because regardless at the end of the day as your chart shows it has significant consequences oh wait yeah it will be significantly expensive or it will be prohibitively expensive okay. now do you expect um that at the at the technical town meeting that questions will be directed from the floor to they usually aren't. They usually aren't until you had, but there were a couple <laughs> in the spring, you know. That's a good point. It's usually to the whatever the picture is. Normally is going to go to the SBC. So I would say, I wouldn't, they're not prohibited from doing that. So somebody could go up there and ask a question and then you potentially have to answer it. Yeah. I don't think Joanna yeah, exactly. had a oh. hospital. Right, yeah, Joanna. she that did. was a huge presentation. Christine sometimes jumps in. Yeah. Uh, maybe a selectman jumps in from time mm -hmm. to time. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the primary Mike would probably be handling. But Joanna is on his own. Absolutely yeah. right. You might, have yeah. to, you might have to jump in on one or two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But right. I just, I'm just, I'm just uh, I guess, you know, recognizing that. There's, there's sort of an awareness in the community about you know this committee and what our role was and maybe that we're viewed as independent objective. Mm -hmm. I'd so, be happy to put a slide together so people might tell their process because it would be people might want to know yeah. that and, and they might want to ask yeah. questions because of that. It's, it's sort of my view. Yeah. Maybe. Do you want to do that from the beach in Florida next week? She has the right. She's actually going on a vacation, not just the water. But I will have But just one high level. No, I think that that's good. Groups we met with, and then maybe a reference to resources mm -hmm. that came out of this. Well, that, I mean, that's the other thing too that I was thinking about, like, you know, if we did that, um, even if we just had the one sheet and it references to tell people to go to the website, you know, like this is where everything is. I mean, cause that is part yeah. of the thing. It's like, you're not reaching the people that are at home, not on Facebook or yeah. on the yeah. website, whatever, like they need something that says, Oh, there's information here. You know, right. where can I go get it? Yeah, just some kind of reference to that. But mm -hmm. At least here's like key topics and categories right. evaluated. I mean, I, I I'm sure that I'm sure that at a minimum, 
if they are actually going to do a mailing in town, even though we haven't voted, I would think that they would be very open for us, including something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, this is what in we the process. In the mailing. Uh, interesting. Yes. I, I thought that it would be great, after your original idea, to present that at the hearing, mm -hmm. what our original objective has been. I think we yeah. should do that. And our process that we've gone through idea. and the um, compilation of information that's out on the website, you mm -hmm. know, all that sort of stuff is very valuable. Yeah, I think yeah. we should do that too because we can do that at the beginning. And I really like the idea of you going on MTV and restating all doing that. the update. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Doing the update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we could do that. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm not. Sure. I'm not. I'm not going to say no. If you would like to put it together, that works for me. Um, okay. So, I don't think we actually. You're taking notes. Did we actually do the motion to put the stuff up on the website? Or yes, we, we did. Okay, thank you. Got <laughs> yeah, it right. all. I know. This is the longest meeting I've ever gone over, but I think it was good. So, does anybody have anything else? All right. I know. It wasn't. Yeah, so, all right. Well, then, um, would you like to motion make your motion? To a, a motion to adjourn. Second. Right. Okay. So, Newton. Yes. 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 Let's go home.